0: This and all episodes of the podcast have been brought to you by our generous patrons over at Patreon The Daisy Podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about how you can support the show each week, then please click the link in the description down below to find out more information about Patreon The Daisy Podcast. Thank you for your support. And once again, as always, folks, a big shout out to our supporters on Patreon.com The Daisy Podcast. Our $10 supporter, Speeder Gaming, and Dick Donovan, thank you so, so much, guys. Your support is really appreciated, and a massive shout-out to our $25 supporter, Jake Snow. I don't know why you do it, mate, but we can't thank you enough for your support for the DAISY podcast. All the best, folks, and enjoy the show. Three, two, one... G'day, everybody, and welcome to episode 52, which is a big episode for us, um, a one-year anniversary of the podcast. Um, I didn't think I was going to do five episodes, let alone 52 episodes, but look at us. Look, here we are. Marks, thank, welcome once again, buddy. Let's be here as usual. Hope you're all doing well today. And we are joined today by uh, a returned guest, Soma. How you doing, buddy?
1: I am very well today, sir. I am getting coffeed up
0: yeah mate. so it's
1: a work day for me and a podcast for me today so <laughs> i got i got a good two hours in me and then i have this huge work thing i have to do that's airing on twitch so yeah busy day busy yeah. saturday <laughs> we'll talk
0: we'll talk a bit more about that later if you want to but um sure, we sure. also have the one and only the official lou now a lot of you guys probably haven't heard of luke how you doing mate so how's it going Lou is, um, if you ever have um, watched Soma or uh, watched Brian or heard Brian and them talk, um, he's a name you hear mentioned. Like these guys are joined at the hip, is basically the impression that uh, that I have had of the three of you. Um, but you're like the uh the, the quiet one of the uh, the bunch. He's the Lou. quiet beetle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, tell us a bit about yourself, Lou
2: uh i mean where do you want me to start i mean how far we want to go back with this thing what's your i want to know
1: what you were like as a child
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah. no never mind i already quiet. know what you were like as a child you're crazy what, what's your connect what's
0: your quiet. connection with these two legends of the daisy community
2: uh I th- it goes back like way back to 2000 well not way back but 2012. yeah it is pretty far back now huh Jeez. Yeah, nine years wow oh, that's man. far far back yeah dude <laughs> Time flies, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just playing DayZ, and then we just all kind of happened to fall together uh, playing the game. Started a kind of a, uh, a team playing DayZ, and then we just kept, you know, met up IRL for Pax West. Right, that was the first time. We met up yeah around. we all we
1: were all like super into the mod and we all found each other mm-hmm. on twitch and we started playing together and uh we were brian said have you guys ever been to a gaming event and we were like no he's like you guys got to go to pax so i said fuck it i'll i'll check it out and lou said the same and we all met and uh it was all you know all friendship and love and we were happy to meet each other and uh bond over twitch and, what's uh, that spooning
0: and was it was there spooning?
1: Uh, I don't know what Brian and Lou did behind closed doors. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'd imagine
2: there was forking or spooning or knifing. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's there's a picture floating around of a bean bag and like a condom and some like lotion or something.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there was spooning between Vigilante Gamer and Hicks when they met at Pax in 2015. But yeah, I wasn't supposed to tell that story. But, we, but look, Brian's running late, so we could say whatever we want to him. We're behind his back while he's not here. Exactly. <laughs> yep. so, so so what happened after that? You know, you guys met and it's I, I fucking love hearing these stories of people who made lifelong friendships through a bloody video game. You know, you hear people say all the time the video games are bad and all the rest of it. But as we're going to talk more about later with something that happened in the community here in Australia. Um, it it proves that these friendships you make with people online are are real friendships, despite what people would try and tell you.
1: Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we ended up living together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we, uh, obviously we, we got connected heavily on Twitch and, you know, Daisy was the sort of the catalyst on the Twitch platform that brought us together. Uh, but after a year, year and a half, of streaming together and doing stuff with Survivor Games and building that out uh, digitally, not in the same physical space, we all decided to move to Washington State uh, outside of Seattle and uh, got a gaming house. Tash was with us as well. So was Bike Man, another streamer. And we all lived in this house together and uh, continued to build up Survivor Games. and.
0: Uh, Quick question, yeah, how's your liver?
1: My liver was kind of had kind of gone to shit when I was in the military. <laughs> oh, okay. One year, Korea, one year, one year in Korea. Yeah, that's another thing. Lou was a Marine. Yep. Brian was in the Army, and I was in the Air Force. So oh. was of this like, trifecta thing going on. Yeah. Yep. And then we had uh, this other guy that was with us a lot. His name was Kai, and he was a Canadian civilian. So he was sort of like you know he was like the nice, sweet guy, and we were we were all killers, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, the, obviously, the military bond definitely helped. Yes. Uh, it helped bring us together faster. But going to that first event, getting that house, um, that, was, that was a really cool moment for all of us. You know, that, that was uh, in the early days of Twitch and content creation, not necessarily for YouTube, but, you know, live and uh, for variety games, not an eSports-focused title. Uh, but for like just like variety and stuff like that like a different kind of content that was not competitive in esports like starcraft 2 and league was uh it was very prevalent and then you had this other game that was a different kind of content and daisy was the king of that right Uh, so it was like a new thing and we just found friendship in that new thing and then obviously survivor games had success and uh lou continued to work as a developer in the 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 game dev space brian got his job as lead producer on daisy and i got my job at twitch Mm -hmm. so survivor games sort of uh we weren't smart enough to make a mod like brendan green and become millionaires but (laughs) we were smart (laughs) enough to make something that people liked and was cool uh and we were smart enough to use that event and what we had built as a springboard into a career and other shit yep i never would have gotten a job at a startup any startup (laughs) If it wasn't for that event and working with Brian and, and Lou and building
2: something on Twitch, it just wouldn't have happened. So, so what are you doing now, Lou? Uh, I'm working as a uh, designer on an unannounced project right now.
0: Ah. And uh, it may, it may, maybe an unannounced military sim?
2: Oh. I can't say. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Number> a four confirmed. <laughs> uh, uh, confirmed nor deny.
0: Daisy two confirmed.
2: <laughs> I'd play Daisy
1: too. Wouldn't that be cool? Daisy two announced. What would
2: Daisy, what would Daisy two be like? Hmm. That is a good question. Like, what, what yeah. kind of things would you want as a community on something like that?
0: Ooh. I guess
1: would have to be like Daisy two. Be like twenty years later. Everything's like grimy and really overgrown and yeah. Uh, maybe I hate that now. I don't know. Or what if Daisy two was a prequel and it was the first day.
0: Now of, that's like that's interesting. That's and there was interesting. Way
1: more AI, and there was like AI civilians and way more zombies and yeah, AI vehicles driving around, and the cities weren't overgrown yet. That'd be kind of cool. I think I
0: think you're on um, a winner right there. With um, if if they do ever do it, they need to give it a different story arc, a different law behind it. Not, not just do Daisy 2 an improved version of uh, that. Give it a whole different bit of law behind it. That said, I also think 100%. they need to yeah. to flesh out the the law more as well. You know, we got to touch on that with um, oh, it pains me that I'm not remembering his name, uh, Matt Lightfoot, um, where he um, showed us a very grainy video from back in the day that they made up with a nine inch nail soundtrack um, of the law <laughs> behind uh, Daisy.
1: I miss Matt Lightfoot what a sweet Dude, kid he had the face of a cherub didn't he, he? Little an, that little angelic face and then he'd talk and it's so like you fucking what mate you know he had like, his, like, two, so he had like the, the mouth of a fucking sailor but he looked like a little angel yeah
0: well we he actually so
1: accurate
0: one of the guys in my chat has said we kind of had to have daisy 2 out now mini daisy 2 beta
1: what's mini daisy 2 beta are we talking about
0: have you ever played mini daisy
1: no, what's Mini
0: Is, DayZ. Isn't that the You have not heard. Phone? You have not heard of yeah? It's um an app you oh, can wait, play. You, no, it's an app you can play on a mobile phone or a tablet.
1: Okay, I didn't know about this.
0: Yeah, t- kinda cool. get get your phone out and just type in Mini Daisy. Um, I've actually got um, Bestius, one of the devs behind it, lined up as a guest for uh, the near future uh, to come on to talk about That's the. Cool, um, dude. Yeah, it, it's 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 you know, it it's like a, a top-down view as you said, Luke. Um, and the graphics are you know kind of pixely, but if you if you can't get enough Daisy in your life, you can carry a fucking game in your pocket now. Did you know about it, Mark?s
3: I knew about it. I don't know much about it though. It's actually
0: it's actually kind of fun. I have played it quite a few times myself. Um, it's it's just a simple little um, fun little game. It's single player. Uh, mate, I don't know. I don't know about Mini Daisy Two whether that's going to have any online stuff, um, but it's a simple, fun little game. And there's a link there in chat um, to the website as well if anyone wants to know more about it. But yeah, I'm surprised at how many people have never heard of it. You know, even yourself, Zomer. I, I was sure you would have heard of it.
1: No, I'm looking at it right now for the first time. Yeah. This is awesome, dude. I had no idea. So you're just a solo survivor, and it's just zombies out there. That's it.
0: No, no, no. There's um, AI players as well um yeah it's it, there's some really I, I, i'm very keen to find out about um mini daisy too but they've got some interesting little mechanics in it and um yeah
1: that's cool i like that yeah thanks for the heads up on that
0: there you go see nice
1: learn something new on the daisy podcast <laughs> 15 minutes in feel more educated already <laughs> it,
0: it's all downhill from here mate it's all downhill
1: that's okay that's okay. I'll forgive you.
0: <laughs> so how's um, Stream Elements going, mate?
1: Stream Elements is awesome. Very stressful. Um, when was the last time we talked? Oh,
0: shit, about... Um, three months ago? Yeah, about three months ago. It was just after New Year's. Um, I did... Um, doc... Um, no, that's not his name. Uh, the guy who created... Oh, I've got a shocking memory. The guy who created Daisy Underground um as the first person dr big money dr big money um as the first guest of the year and then i think you were the second guest
1: well we have hired a shitload more people uh a bunch of like old school twitch folks have joined us so we keep stacking the deck with previous twitch employees yep uh we're getting tons of buzz and uh and whatnot in the marketing and sort of sales world the business world in terms of uh, like digital marketing and whatnot. So we're revenues going up and we're getting cool new deals. And uh, I alluded to one of the cool things we're doing uh, later today on Twitch, that's with uh, HBO Max and the Snyder's cut for Justice League. We're having uh, uh, Zack Snyder and Joe Manganiello on a stream with Man Vs. Game. And I've been setting it up for the past like 10 days. And it's a lot, (laughs) and it's finally coming to a head today. Yeah, so as soon as as soon as 3 p.m. PT hits, I'm sprinting over there to make sure that there's no fires. <laughs> so yeah, that and then we're working with like cool brands like Kool Aid and Airheads and uh, Nike and just random fucking companies. You name it, we're just getting more and more uh, business from endemic <clears throat> and non-endemic brands. So uh, it's it's exciting, man. It's just. A lot of work can be very stressful, Um, but it's fun to be a part of a small startup and I'm doing fun stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily feel like it's tech or video games. Um, But the whole entire company is based around, you know, OBS and streamer tools and monetization tools and uh, chat bots and overlays and cloud-based overlay systems and uh, tech support for broadcasters. And then I get to do this like cool shit where I build a, live stream with, with you know zach snyder and man versus game it's fucking crazy i love it <laughs> it's a cool job and i get to do it in my pjs at home can't really beat that <laughs>
0: That's dope. so so it hasn't become yeah. big corporate yet like we were joking about um no um, <laughs> it's still Not a fun yet. place i mean
1: we got to be honest about something when it when it comes to uh, uh, an eventual corporate takeover whether you get acquired by amazon or you stay private and you grow into a multi-billion dollar company with offices around the world and 4,000 employees or you ipo and you become a public company and uh you remain in control of your own of your own business no matter what there is eventually a path that leads to corporatism and uh which leads to a bit of whatever soul was there uh to be ripped out and dissipated but We are in such an early stage, like Series A startup. Like, I was employee 71 just six, seven months ago. It's such a small, uh, humble beginning for the company, and we're in such early stages. That sort of fate is far, far off into the distance. And this happens to every fucking company. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. No company is safe from this. CD Projekt Red used to be the gold standard of game development god damn were they not trusted across the board and even they screwed the fucking pooch yep even they bent the knee to shareholders and deadlines and they released cyberpunk and it was not ready and they were the gold standard they were the guys that you could trust to make a game and release it at the right time and even that went away so eventually everyone falls to the dark side but i am very very happy to say that Stream Elements is currently uh, very much on the light side. <laughs> and uh, uh, the company's amazing and I am I feel so fucking lucky to be there. I, I honestly feel really lucky.
0: So, Lou, what was your involvement with Survivor Games? Uh, we talked with Soma quite heavily about, you know, he had this idea and he was talking with you guys and you all just went, yes, this is fucking something. So what was your involvement with it?
2: Uh, the very first one, I was like, very minimum involvement beyond just participating in the event mm-hmm. um, with Brian shouldering a lot of the work and then after that kind of seeing how much he had shouldered um, you know coming from um, just graduating trying to get into the environment art side of video games I was like yo you know maybe there's something I can help you out with on here just tell me what you're doing like let me see where I can fit in and kind of take some of the load off your shoulders Um, So some of that fell into um, just minor tweaks to the Taviana map and kind of set up and just experimenting there, but that was more on kind of like a level design side of things, but very like light, Um, and then the majority of my efforts uh, on Survivor Games was more of kind of Behind the scenes management, getting people set up, making sure everything worked, getting people uh, together prior to the event to make sure you know we had everybody, we weren't missing anyone, laying out the rules. So a lot of administrative uh, tasks. You led operations essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that allowed you know Soma to kind of uh, spearhead the creative approach, and then Brian. Was handling a lot of the tech side of things. I've
0: heard yeah, the so- I've heard the horror stories from, um, like Blue Man and that of just how much stress you guys were under uh, <laughs> back in the day. Um, I've even seen a lovely video that Blue Man did for uh, Brian after one of the events, and he was so stressed out, and uh, I think Blue Man pretty much took nearly all of his clothes off and filmed himself jumping into a pool.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we almost like. Every single time a Survivor Games ended, we would almost quit. <laughs> like everyone was just ready to like not ever do it again. And then if and then like, you know, two or three weeks would go by and we'd say, We're doing this again, right? But no matter what we did, we would get hate for it. There'd no. be like the there'd be like the typical like that was awesome, thank you guys and then there was this other massive flood of of individuals online that would just shit on us. Well, if you guys did it this way, it would have been a lot easier. Well, all right, you know, armchair quarterback who has no fucking idea what's really going on behind the scenes or how this actually works. It's really, really easy to give advice uh, when you're like laying in bed on Reddit. You know, and you've never done anything like it before. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't just some of the uh, armchair, armchair critics. I remember it. I won't say who it was, uh, but I remember watching a streamer um, in the, whilst in the middle of participating in the Survivor games, and they were bitching about it. They were like, why do I even fucking do this? I fucking hate this game. I don't even play it anymore. And I was like, you ungrateful fucking twat. It, it really fucking annoyed yeah. me when I heard that. You, I, I'm guessing you probably know who I'm talking about, Soma. Um, I'm certain someone... Oh, no. um, no, I, it's okay. I, yeah, but it was—it really disappointed me. And you know, the critis, crit, criticism is good. You, you need to take criticism on board. But as you said, when you get these people who think they know better, marks—it's just what the what? Come on, mate! You, you've got to fucking pull your head in. And you know, these guys are doing the best with a game engine that wasn't really conducive towards what they—you know—they were. You guys were Survivor a Games.
1: Game. You yeah, guys listen, were, we were, we were light years ahead.
0: And you were light years yeah. ahead. Look what came out of it, Marks. You know, Play our unknown yeah. battleground. Fortnite, fucking... Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's always like, okay, if you think you know everything about... Uh, you're given all this advice and you think you know everything, go do it.
0: <laughs>
2: go do it. <laughs> go do it. What's that?
0: You can't do it? Then you <laughs> you shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we also had like a shit ton of help from our community as well mm. but right. at the same time it's like there's only so much uh that your community can support you unless they're you know it wizards or something we're not even it wizards more server networker like knowing the server network stuff um and programming but it was like three of us really doing a lot of trying to coordinate these streamers get their schedules to all align on a magic day um, and not cut into, you know, what they want to do. Right. So you're trying to find that middle ground Um, on top of working your own job. Brian was working. uh, I was like doing school stuff on the side. So it's not like this is a full-time job we can just do for free either. So I, I could understand the frustration, but also like it, It was kind of annoying at some points, like, bro, trust me, I understand, like, I I would be frustrated if that was me in that situation as well, but you gotta understand, like, we can't fully, this is not like we're just building this from scratch without, I don't know, man, it was just, it was rough at times (laughs) trying to, like, justify the anger and backlash on some things.
0: Like I saw Brian had a really good um, post on his Twitter um, where he uh, was referencing, um, let me just see if I can find it, but someone um, had a post about Fortnite. Um, Here it is, I just found it. Don't know whether you guys saw this one yourself. I don't understand the title Atari versus Meteos. Um, that probably makes sense to more tech-minded people, but um, he talked about <clears throat> just how you know much you guys did with Survivor games, um, and that it's 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 kind of weird for people to take swipes at other content when it all yeah. You know, and you you even said yourself, Soma, the idea sort of came from um, was it the the. Uh, Was it the Japanese thing that play our unknown Battlegrounds as well? Or was it just a... Where did the inspiration come from for you again?
1: So the inspiration um, was not the Battle Royale, the Japanese film Battle Royale, actually. I did not know that existed, uh, which is insane. I found out about that film after we had created the event, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, What I was inspired by was... uh, the Hunger Games books. That's right. Not necessarily the books. What it was was one of the Hunger Games films was about to release. I think it was like the third one or something like that. Second one, maybe it was about to come out. And I I sort of said on stream, why the hell aren't we just doing this in this game? Why don't we just make our own Hunger Games? My character's starving right now. There's people trying to kill me. Let's just make it a big circle. <laughs> Let's just make a big circle and pair people up. And can we do that? And then Brian was like, "Uh, I mean, yeah, technically we could. And then we ended the stream a little bit later and we started talking about it more. And uh, suddenly it was something we were actually, you know, actively trying to build. Uh, and then it became a thing. What is this article you're looking at?
0: It's a a post. um, Brian put out March twentieth. It was on his um, Twitter. Oh, Uh,
1: you should link that. I would like to read that later.
0: Give me one second. I'll send it through to you. Um, Great, that's cool. It's only a short article, uh, but yeah, it it was uh, quite an interesting um, read.
1: Oh, that's great. I will take a look at this later.
0: Look at you learning on the fucking podcast. That's two things now. Mini Daisy and...
1: Dude, learning's fun.
0: <laughs>
1: I think everyone should keep doing it. It's good for oh, your brain.
0: Shit. shit here, mate. I'm subbed to so many weird channels on um, YouTube. Um, just to, you know, I heard uh, just the other day, um, off topic, but um, during the Battle of Britain, there was a um, British fighter pilot who ran out of ammunition and there was a bomber headed towards Buckingham Palace. Um, and he sat there and went, well, I can't let them bomb uh, Buckingham Palace. What can I do? I can use my plane to take out the bomber. And he fucking kamikaze into the back of a German bomber and took it out. Uh, didn't quite go to plan. He thought he was just going to knife straight through it like butter. But yeah, I just love watching these videos and learning about things in history and new stuff. And like you said, mate, you've got to keep your mind fresh.
1: Indeed indeed battle of britain one of the uh most badass battles of all of world war ii Mm -hmm. biggest air battle in history it's a good one definitely um let's see here yeah i'm gonna read this later thank you for uh sharing that with me happy to share happy to share so it's a milestone for you one year i know one year how does it feel
0: Kind of, kind of surreal, actually. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was just a passion project. Um, still growing. Um, I'm looking to actually evolve it. I'm in talks with another legend, um, an unsung legend, in my opinion, uh, an American guy named Kerbo, of expanding um, and creating a second podcast um, to talk about the survival game genre. Uh, I don't know if anyone's doing anything like that at the moment, but um, I just really enjoy talking (laughs) can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles i've been told um and yeah there's still a community that wants a dedicated and each is the the biggest shock for me is that each week we can still talk for two to three hours about a supposedly dead game
1: right are people still calling it a dead game i feel like daisy is it's been around now for almost a decade. You know, obviously, several years of that was in mod form, but it still has a healthy player base. People still talk about it. There's this fucking yeah. podcast, right? Like,
0: yep. I don't know. They always I feel say like so the
1: de- yeah. I feel like the dead game thing is that joke is dead. I don't know.
2: Um, like it's more of a death of up. their creativity, right? Because it's like Daisy mm-hmm. is such an open-ended game where you mm-hmm. can go and just kind of explore and experiment with things yet people just play spawn, run, go get geared, shoot, have a fight die, yes. rinse, repeat. It's like bro, there's way more you can do yes. with this like, go check out some RP content. Like, you get some cool interactions out of there
0: One of, one of the best like, things that's happened recently, Lou, is um, Shroud coming uh, back to DayZ um, Yeah, a lot of people don't know that the very first game Shroud ever streamed was DayZ but the the best part of it is now shroud is known for his insane pvp skills um, you know he was a professional counter strike player uh, and he can hit shots that you know you would swear were hacks but he's actually been playing with a guy named smoke who I don't know whether you've heard of him um, but smoke is probably in my opinion one of the gold standards along with the running man of daisy they both play the game more than just the pvp thing smoke in particular like the running man's got this thing where um he doesn't really like role playing um yeah it was even a um, a command in his chat why i don't rp and he had a link to a a (laughs) clip there for a while um but smoke he is you know borderline on par with um shroud for his pvp skills yet you watch that guy stream and it's it's more than just PvP to him, marks. He he's always looking for interactions and so on, isn't
3: he? Yeah, he's trying to build like a story. Yeah, earlier with his with his streams, and it's, it's nice to see somebody do that instead of just kind of run and shoot yep. down people all the time. You know, there's no story to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. What you were saying about the um the the dead game, um, the lack of creativity. I, I I call it a bit of a lack of imagination for some people, Lou. DayZ is a daunting game to many people because they log in oh, yeah. or they're watching a streamer and the first question they ask is, so what's the end game? So many people are caught up in, you have to have a mission, you have to have an end game. Um, and they try to impose that on Daisy and don't realize it's a blank slate. You, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
2: You know what I miss about the mod? And I don't know how it was for you Soma when you first started playing, but for me it was kind of like I was watching some videos and Daisy Mod crept up on my radar and I'm watching this dude play and it's like, bro it's like the Walking Dead simulator, this looks rad there's survival elements, there's zombies, like I didn't even care, I didn't even want to fight other players, like I just wanted to see how long I could stay alive in this type of environment, and that was like the initial draw for me but holy crap coming from i think you know most of my games were mmos like wow rift stuff like that uh some halo um and cod so coming into arma as the first like daisy was my introduction into the arma uh, mm-hmm. in- yeah. arma franchise yeah so that was like hella daunting trying to learn just basic player controls in comparison Remember the inventory, trying say. to figure out the inventory? Oh, God. <laughs> I, wait. I was like, what the fuck
1: is this track? And now I kind of like it. I kind right? of miss it. Yeah. Oh,
0: man. And then, and then you start to judge other games by the DayZ standard for inventory because it's, oh, yeah, I can actually, it kind of makes sense now. And, oh, this game's, uh,
2: yeah. But I, I miss the aspect of, like, I don't need a goal to have fun with something. Yes. I don't, like, here, play this game. What am I supposed to do? It's like, just have fun bro there isn't a target goal just see what you can do explore experiment man and those kind of game or platform i should say and structure works best for an open world environment Mm -hmm. because if you have if you give someone a goal you're effectively putting them on rails so why are you giving them like basically add fodder to go distract them from the main like it just starts ripping apart the foundation in my mind
0: couldn't agree more couldn't agree more it, it always yeah. makes me sad you know i remember um saying to someone why why do you have a kill feed on the server um and the reply was um oh it it, may, it lets people know you know that there's stuff happening on on, on the server that there's you know people around them that and i went but that kind of defeats the beauty of daisy that whole you know and i'm really bad for it you get your thumb in bum-minded neutral, you're out looting, and I'm a real loot goblin, Lord of the Horde, they call me. Um, but And then the next minute, a shot whizzes past your head, or you see a player. You know, I still remember this video. It was about four minutes long from um, one of the legends of Australian DayZ, Vigilante Gamer. Uh, and it was just him in uh, Zelenogorsk uh, drinking at a well and its nighttime. And you see this little shadow flicker in the distance. And it was a player running past between two houses. But it just captured that feel of zay Z is just one of those unique games where it can go from zero to a hundred in a split second, um, and having things like a kill feed and global chat and that all kind of to me feels like it detracts a bit from the experience.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like hell, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I think a lot of the, the magic in in just the mod too, as much as it was infuriating the the scripter element where you're running around with your boys and next thing you know it's thunderdome and you got to fight your way out and like at the time it's hella frustrating right especially if you're like on your way to go like hey we're gonna go loot you know up at northwest all of a sudden like fuck now i gotta deal with thunderdome but like looking back on it for me it it, it's inspirational and an aspect of yo, if we could cut the bullshit out of that, that could be something cool that you can think about for a mod where it's like you're running around playing DayZ, right, and everyone always throws that joke like running simulator. It's like, okay, well, you know, what if you're running around there, but you can queue up for quote-unquote PvP combat to get your fix while you're exploring. So it's not like you don't have a choice, you're getting Thunderdome, but I can queue up for this so now I'm incentivized to like alright I gotta go find gear for Thunderdome so it's like aspects like that like when I look back on it like oh that was shitty of an experience back then but is there some kind of nugget of gold in here that you could build off the the, precip- the, the concept of it I think that's what I like about DayZ is just so many little things happen that start making you think about like that was a unique experience I enjoyed that is there a way I can, you know, mod that or share that with the rest of the community and have them experience something similar as well without yeah. putting them on rails necessarily?
0: And that, that's sort of where it, uh, things went with, um, uh, like, PUBG and that. You know, it's essentially a, a boiled-down session of DayZ, loot, and end up in a firefight. And, you know, they, they obviously made it so it's, you know, a uh, winner-winner chicken dinner, uh, which gave people a purpose. Uh, but if you liked that that aspect of DayZ, the PvP, then you know Survivor Games started the genre, um, and then Brendan capitalized on it with his um, <coughs> PUBG game, um, and spawned a whole new generation. All from this game, which supposedly is dead.
1: Someone said someone had the comment: "It's uh it's a zombie game, dead but still alive." Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's it has true. done
0: a remarkable uh, resurrection act, um, but you know there's so many games um, that do that. Um, you know, the early access is um, um, still a relatively new concept. Um, you know, back in the day, you never used to get a game until it was um, in its final product, and, and then early access started. And DayZ is probably one of the most uh, well-known early access games of all time, uh, for good and bad reasons. Um, a lot was learnt from it um, you know, I know uh, Brian said in the past that you know, he's talked at conventions and that about what he's learnt from the days of early access And it's, I, I've, I've enjoyed the 7 plus years I've been playing standalone I didn't really play the mod had a handful of hours in it watched a lot of videos on it like uh, a lot of people but didn't have a computer back in the day uh, but it's been an enjoyable 7 years you know, the game's pretty much always been playable in one way shape or form um, and now it's you know at the state where it's got the highest play numbers it's had in years.
1: Yeah, it's I sometimes I miss the mod days, but I think what I miss was the sense of discovery and just that new car smell of the yeah. video game, right? Nowadays, <clears throat> and I used to kind of shit on standalone when it first came out, but now playing you know Namalsk day one modded servers and shit, I. I don't want to go back to the mod. I don't want to go back to earlier days. I am very content with the game right now. Is is it perfect? No, I kind of harped on this last time. There's a lot of janky shit that pisses me off. Yeah. And that makes me want to slam my desk, especially <laughs> when a zombie kitty prides through a, a shed door and eats my ass when I'm trying to bandage or something like that. Like, seriously? Ooh. You have shadow cats powers? This is bullshit. Come on. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. Melee is a little janky. There's uh you know, there's issues with ladders still. But uh, if you can get past all that, all the turds, there's a lot of uh, amazingness in the game, especially modern Daisy. I love I especially day one the day. One. I mean, those are smoke servers. I'm pretty sure yes. right? he's the guy on yes day one that gold standard streamer. Also the gold standard for the servers. I, th- I honestly am playing Daisy still because of the day one branch of servers. Mm -hmm. straight up
0: he captured that old feel he captured that old feel marks you know where it was pre-base building um and it was just you know out and exploring and having a stash maybe a barrel or a crate somewhere and um you know now we've got the um improvised shelters you can make as well but that that's been his success um plus with his branding behind it um, yeah, he's one of the most respected people in the Daisy community. I don't think he's been involved in any drama at all. He just does his thing. Um, he's a gold yeah. standard, Marks.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> I think when... Um, like, like, his service with no baseball. It makes you want to keep your character safe more. Like, you know, if your character dies, it really sets you back. Like, you can't just run to a base or something. You might have a stash, but you're not going to have everything at a stash. So, you know, you try and survive as best you can you can kind of get invested more into it and i think that's why people are, are addicted to his servers and stuff
1: yep. yeah nothing um, ruins a daisy yeah. experience than like joining a 60 person server and not seeing anyone you're like where the hell is everyone and then you get to the safe zone that's on the base and there's yeah. 30 people just jacking <laughs> off together in direct comms hey fellas if you want a cyber go to discord get off daisy So there's actual player slots available for people that want to survive and shoot shit and, you know, take on zombie hordes and kill other players. If you want to mess around and chat, get off the daisy server. I I just, maybe that's the old man. Get off my lawn, you little (laughs) shit. I mean, I'm definitely, that's some like old boomer speak, but it's kind of true, right? Yeah. And when you join a server and there's seven fucking icons that leads you to different traders the helicopter trader, I'm sorry, if I'm in the zombie apocalypse, I'm not going helicopter shopping, okay, I'm not going to get a bunch of rubles together and go to the trading trading zone and on the way buy a brand new state of the art military weapon, wave to the other survivors in the fucking apocalypse while I stroll to the helicopter store Hmm. oh, and by the way, I'm in a safe zone so I can't even physically raise my weapon, talk about breaking the game that breaks it in such a terrible way.
0: Look, and then you
1: see all these other players just <clears throat> bullshit and talking, not even playing the game. They just, I guess, they need a digital hangout place. Which I get that, I totally get that. But there's so many other places to do that.
2: Can I, uh, can I piggyback off you real quick to Soma on I that? Just the aspect. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> it. That's something that's always been like a slight pet peeve to me is like i understand wanting that in the game and that would be dope. Mm. but having it right off the bat where it's like where you're you're taking away that player incentive to work towards building something right like in my opinion the draw for me for this type of game was the fact of like we've wiped the slate clean to allow you to build from so you can showcase how you would approach this kind of situation, whereas with some of these mods where the you know they got the traders in and everything, it's like you're just automating the whole experience, so you get such a shallow, you know, for lack of a, tip, lack of a better term, experience yourself. Because back in the day, we would build up to being those traders, you know, accumulating all that stuff, yeah. locking down. Green Mountain, and then selling it out, and then you're creating interaction in the community. You kind of take that away once you throw an MP. It's like, you know, putting automotive workers out of work by putting robots all on the line. Yeah. Like, cool, that's progress <clears throat> and whatever. But there's still some ramifications, right? Oh, you
0: know, I I absolutely you know, agree. Absolutely agree. There was um, one
1: fun thing to do with the traders that I would do. I would go to the trade zones on those servers that did not have safe zones. So you know, like the dangerous. Yeah, trading areas. Like and I would, I would get rid of all my gear, and I would just put on like some civilian clothes, and then just stand my character next next <laughs> to the <industry>. <laughs> <laughs> And then people would come try to shop, and then I like talk to them like, "Your money isn't good around here." But, like, I'd come up with stuff, <laughs> like, some sort of voice, or I'd have a gun in my pocket, and as people were shopping and like buying a bunch of shit, I just pull out my handgun and shoot them in the head and take all their shit, and then just stand there, and wait for the next dumbass to come
0: that's that's that's, that's <laughs> awesome yeah that was
1: really fun to do yeah
0: but but each to their own um and scale speeder um did say uh, in chat and it is kind of true um daisy wouldn't still be alive um, if it wasn't for traders and base rating mods um you know a large proportion of the player base when it did sink down there were people who enjoyed the base building side of it uh, it's each to their that's own very true
1: that's very but true we, I, needed, we needed air bears to keep things afloat for a while right I'm, I I much prefer player-run traders.
0: Player-run yeah. traders, but it's very heartbreaking being a player-run trader as well. You know, I've done that on um, uh, Daisy Down Under um, and became the target of one of the bigger factions on the clan, and they raided us and took everything, and it, it broke my heart. Um, they took my beloved Land Rover that I was so proud of. Get um, wrecked. Yeah. Wrecked. Yep. So it's it's a lot of work, and you ne- you need a good bunch of people, Lou. Uh, to manage a good player-run trader, oh. but it's fucking worth it. It's fucking worth it.
2: I totally agree. I think, and let me just expand a little bit to on, on the point was not that I don't like you know the NPC-run stuff. It's just the fact that starting a fresh server, and it's already there, and there's no workup towards establishing that.
0: One million CD rubles like starting money, um, <laughs> free loadouts and a day. They're the ones that, I get it, people like them, Lou, but, oh, my God, they do my head in.
2: I mean, maybe it's just the fact of, like, I'm I'm still kind of old school from the mod days where it's like we started off with a can of beans and a Makarov with Mm -hmm. a friggin' mag, and that's all you had. And taking that away feels like diminishing the experience and kind of like, here's your participation trophy. We're just going to make this easy for you. It's like... I, I'm i torn on it because at one end like you want to be as inclusive to everybody as possible, yeah. but I think the approach is just kind mm-hmm. of more of a knee-jerk quick fix instead of let's sit down and think like what well, could be a way to kind of come to uh, in the middle of the bridge that works for both sides um, and doesn't diminish the experience and the intent behind it.
0: Spud, um, the chief guy behind Daisy Down Under, he's um, saying in chat, player-run traders on a populated server are impossible. I tried for many years, and with the amount of glitching, it just does not work. You're just such a big, fat target um, as a trader. Like, when I was running one, we were only a crew of about five to six people. Um, Some of the factions on the server were up to 20 people. So, you know, we didn't... um, We couldn't always have someone on manning the shop. Um, So, yeah, you know, we would get those... Um, the bane of my existence, the early morning raids um, where no one's on, just a handful of players from the biggest faction and you'd wake up and log in and your entire base is gone and it breaks your heart. But each to their own, each to their own. You know, Some people like the um, uh, AI ones. There's some, there's some pretty good um, mods out there. Um, a guy by the name of Dewan has created a really good uh, interactive mod Um, with the trader where when you uh, go to purchase an item your player's head swivels to the right and looks at a bench and the item you want to buy is actually there on the bench and you can spin it around, rotate it heavily inspired by Call of Duty he said um, where you can actually look at the weapons, it's a really cool mod Uh, he's done an amazing job with it and that's probably uh, the biggest saving grace for DayZ has been the mods 100% 100%
1: agreed, yeah
0: But that's kind of um, Bohemia's format, isn't it? They create a base game um, and then allow modders to work their magic.
2: We definitely wouldn't have a Z without mods, right? Yeah. For sure. I mean, well,
1: some of the best games ever created. Some of the biggest games ever. I mean, you look at Counter-Strike. You look at Dota. League of Legends, that wouldn't have existed without Ice Frog, the modder, back in the day, right? Like, in my opinion modding is the most important thing to ever happen to gaming in my opinion I, I, I really think so because you have a dedicated group of intelligent designers and developers they get paid to do this thing they're a small elite team and they have health insurance and a lunch room and you know the nine to five and then they release their art to billions of people potentially around the world And I'm sorry, but a collective of millions and millions of people, that brain power, is more powerful than the 35 devs who got paid to work on it, right? It's just Mm -hmm. pure math. You're going to get some genius motherfuckers that understand uh, what the game is and how to build upon it more so than the developers themselves. And when you open up tools and allow those millions of potential people to dig in, modify the game rip shit out you know like you see in movies like it'll be some mechanic and some character will will walk in and start ripping stuff out and the main character's like hey we need that what are you doing with that and then like this little mechanical guy is like ripping stuff out you don't need this and this is too heavy and this is a waste modders kind of do that and i think it's awesome and then we get counter-strike we get dota it leads the way to league of legends we get survivor games It, it leads the way to PUBG, which leads the way to fortnite which takes over the world and every little kid in the world wants to floss dance and watch a ninja fucking <laughs> stream. Like that's what happens. It's all the, it's all the seed, the modding seed.
0: Got a question is, for you too. Um, something Mark's and I have been discussing, um, a bit of late on the podcast, um, um, is monetization of mods. Now I know there was the whole shit fight with, um, Skyrim, I think it was. And Bethesda looked at monetizing the mods and the player community, um, Got their backs up but barring a very few um, exceptional um, examples such as dean hall and um, brendan and that there's not a lot of money to be made uh, for modders what are you guys thoughts on um, you know well something i've suggested is you know and this is something that steam could make money from and even the game devs is that you know there'd be um, a similar program to say youtube monetization that um, you have to demonstrate your credibility and then you can apply to become a monetized uploader Um, and then say, if I want to play on a server that has um, XYZ mod, I pay a $1 fee to buy the license to use that mod and say 40% of it goes between Steam and the provider and the other 60%, so 60 cents, goes to the mod creator. My, My thinking there is not only will that encourage uh, better quality mods? But it also encourages people to continue supporting the mods. Um, I know there's a bit of a backlash. There'll be people who say, no, mods should be free. But I just think in today's day and age, that's not really viable. You know, some of these guys, um, it's a topic I had later on, like War Dog. Um, I saw a post from him in the Discord where he said that basically, of all the donations he's received um, for his mods that he's done, it equates to less than $1 a day. For all the work he's done, what do you what do you two think about that?
2: That's a
1: tough one. That's a tough one. (laughs) I mean, on the one hand, I totally get it. You put in this like imagine if we would have gotten a little bit of money for building out Survivor Games, uh, beyond selling it, of course, Lou. Uh, Mm. That would have like helped pay rent, right? While we were all living in that damn house. On the other side of the coin, though, having having it just available to anyone because they've already bought a base game and the mods are not employees. I, I just said a little bit ago that there's like that group of 35 people and they have health insurance and they're paid by the company and they have a nine to five and they build this thing. Modders are typically just a fan of the product and they want to take it to the next level and they're willing to modify that in their spare time when they're done with work or they're done with school they're done doing whatever it is they do throughout the day to pay that rent and they then gift that to the world to see if they like their version of what they envision the game to be or how they modify the game so it's super hard for me because i want to modify hightail when that game comes out right and it'd be nice to know that there was there'd be some sort of return if we built that out and people started you know downloading the mod and playing that in hightail and it cost them a buck 50 to do or something like that. But that buck 50 means there's thousands of people
0: that out of principle just will never play that mod. See, so. see I, I see what you're saying, but I kind of look at it at the same as, um, uh, streamers. Streamers are essentially fans of a game. Um, in most cases, you know, they start streaming cause they enjoy playing it. Maybe someone said to them, mate, you should uh, stream it. And it's, it's accepted in society um, and, um, sorry, I'm just going to ban someone.
1: That was weird. Brian's not even here. Yeah. I think he's talking about me sucking, sucking dicks. <laughs> and even if I wanted to, come on, what's wrong with that?
0: Exactly. Jeez. Exactly. Anyway,
1: I'm not hungry right now, but thanks for offering.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Anyway um no I mean, but... i'm
1: not necessarily bitching about a dollar by the way i just think that there would be a dollar barrier to entry that would lead to thousands of people not playing it would i pay a dollar to play a cool mo- if day one the namalsk cost a dollar a month i would pay up front 50 dollars and just say give me 50 months i would do that but that's but i have the ability to do so when i was 17 and I dropped all my all my money that I got from working at the sandwich shop or whatever, on on DayZ, and then I was like, "Shit, this model my friends are playing at it costs money to do that too." Well, fuck, that would suck. But that is such a nitpicky little thing. Everyone's got their own scenarios in life. Do I think modders deserve some love and some money for their work? Yeah, I do. I do think so, but. <clears throat> charging for mods, like whenever Give me an example. So if I if I have Daisy, and I want to play Day One the mosque, are you saying just to download the mods, I'd be pay gated?
0: Potentially, like, what, yeah. What, what would that? You, you would need to uh, buy the license to. Um, you know, maybe they could have it as a you know a test. Uh, where you get to test the mod um, and then after a time period expires um, to continue playing um, you know, uh, with these mods, you need to pay a dollar. It's just... <clears throat> I.
1: Some servers I, have 20 mods on them. And, and whenever I go from one server to the next and those, those servers have some of the mods I've already paid for, but there's also a few other mods that I didn't even know existed. Suddenly I got to pay an extra dollar for each of those mods. Suddenly you're not just paying a dollar, you're paying... 20 bucks
3: to yeah. get to a modded server and right? that again I, that, I, that's
0: an issue why i am aware I of i'm
3: missing something something big here yeah so by you said um be like youtube where you have to apply to get say quote, unquote" partnership to get paid or whatnot mm-hmm. if they wanted to do it where it was easy and it didn't interrupt the players downloading the easiest way for steam to do it and i don't know if they'd ever be able to do this they probably wouldn't even do it easiest way for them to do it would be to run ads on the Steam Workshop pages.
0: So but who, but who, 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 visits, uh, who visits the Steam pages? So we've talked about that. I do like what FoxyPo said, that maybe when you download a mod, there'd be a pop-up. Uh, would you like to donate? Um, suggesting it. Um, but, yeah, because it's just that same issue again.
1: How do you incentivize a, a donation to the modder? Could you say yeah. if you donate... To this modder you also get this thing i don't know to incentivize because See, I, I think pe- it. people just want it to be as easy
3: as possible yes. they just want to be able to click yeah. and play yeah so my i don't know how they would do it maybe they would do it because most people i think just download the daisy standalone launcher and then they just get the mods from there something like that maybe it would have to be some way where it would change in the launcher so I'm still kind of going off of the ad thing, but changes. So when they click to download the mods for that certain server, it takes them to the mod page where they have to manually subscribe to it, and then it goes away, and then it just has those ads there. So it counts as a click. A lot- they get money off because some of those some of those mods out there have you know 200, what 500 thousand downloads on them, like, and yeah. if everybody individually had to go to that page to subscribe and then click off it. You know, you know, even a dollar, you know, you know a, it's a
0: dollar is, just a, is it's just a throwaway figure. Even if it was fucking 10 cents. You know, as you said, you know, you you like, like to, the Molesk you has to got 900,000 downloads or a million downloads. Okay. You multiply exactly. that by 10 cents, that's still a serious amount of coin. And it encourages and incentivizes yeah. modders, Lou, to make better mods um, that people will want. And, you know, some of these servers that have got 60 mods, um, the, some, of the, some of those servers run like shit because there's so many fucking different mods in the background of the game and so many different items, but it might encourage people to be smarter with the mods they choose um, and just a, a higher quality of mod being made. You know, again, the, the, forget the $1 figure. It could be, like I said, $0.10. Cents. You know, $0.06 cents per download times that by 1000 What's that? $60? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, if you want to make uh, $100 million... Uh, company you want a business idea make a uh, a mod marketplace yeah filters mods there's a mod rating system and it's for every kind of game it's console mobile and pc and it's a monetization tool as well for modders
2: i don't know if that exists maybe it does i just don't know You Kind of have something like that with unreal right where you have the engine and then people build stuff for plugins or systems And sell that on their marketplace would be kind of similar but in the modding space Mm -hmm. But I mean from my perspective Like even when they started what was Bethesda right that kind of or who was it that tried? monetizing the mods
0: Bethesda Bethesda with Skyrim
2: yeah, and then how quickly that got out of control in the backlash So, for me, what I would like to see more of is kind of what you saw with Bohemia and Dean, where the company recognizes your work, right? And is like, oh shit, you know, these are the guys that are really making the money for us. Like, these companies need to be hiring these modders as designers. They obviously have the finger on the pulse of the community and know what the community wants. If, you know, you could tell by the people using that mod or playing it and so it's kind of like your chance to it's almost like a a designer's demo reel right is your mods and how well they've done and I think that kind of system would cut a lot of the um, conflict of kind of you got both sides of the people love it some people feel that it cuts a lot of the community out if you start putting price tags on mods and like some was saying like No one wants to be playing with their buddies, and then all of a sudden, like, they hop servers and, like, crap, now i got to drop X amount of money just to play on the server. It's already hassle enough to, like, oh, I don't have those mods. I have to install it. If I have to pay on top of that, yeah, I'm fucking done. I'm going to go do something else.
0: So You you raise a good point there, Luke, Um, and it's something that I've scratched my head about as well, is why don't BI, you know, look – you know, they famously paid Dean Hall millions for uh, the DayZ concept, and it was just a mod. Why aren't they looking at, um, you know, we all know the DayZ team is um, nowhere near the numbers it was back in the early days, uh, but they're still a good team and they're still recruiting people. It's not like they're abandoning it, but it, it'd be really good to see them going to some of the more up up-quality mods and saying, look, we would like to buy this mod from you. You know, a couple of thousand dollars and incorporated into the game because obviously, uh, from what I understand, and you two might be able to help me out here, modders don't have access to the full files of the game. There's stuff that, um, yeah, you know, I, I famously, I think I remember um, uh, Brian saying, um, or was it maybe Sumrack, that yes, they could do helicopters, um, but they would need to do more to them than what the modders have been able to do with helicopters as it is to make them work truly well. So I don't I don't understand that um, <clears throat> the the full technicalities of it. But I would love to see not just in day Z and BI, but companies actually going to modders and saying, "We love what you've made. We'd like to buy it from you." As another way, you know that that could be another thing. If they were to do that as a more accepted thing, then it's a bit of an incentive. I I I still like the idea of. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of the only issue I have of it is it feels a bit like when you see. Big influencers tweet out, do me uh, some artwork, and if I like it, I'll pay you, uh, kind of thing. You know, it's it's people working in the promise of maybe getting. To, yeah, I see you laughing there, Soma.
1: I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, it's dirty.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of. Um, just looking at my chat, I have a lot of people now saying that, you know, if mods were to become pay while well in front of mods, they'd pay for mods, they just wouldn't download them. They just wouldn't play them. Because it, it's an it's an inconvenience, and people yep. just you know they just want to get it now, and they don't want to have to go through all this fuss of having to pay. And
2: yeah, like bro, I know, got exactly. ten minutes to play with, or not ten minutes. I got like a couple hours to play with my friends. You know, if they want to hop on a different server, I don't have mods for that's already taking me down. If I have to pay for it on top of that, it's just gonna really solidify for me. Like, nah, bro, fucking, yeah. I'm gonna go play some Apex or something. I'll catch you later. Like,
3: paying paying for this stuff changed a a couple of years ago because. One of the biggest examples I think is Call of Duty, they used to have their season pass every year that you could buy and it was like 50 euros extra on top of the game and suddenly people weren't buying it anymore, they wanted everything for free because Fortnite was doing stuff for free and all that and now Call of Duty have completely scrapped that idea now and they give everything for free. People just want all that content. They don't want to have to pay for it.
0: I get that. I understand you know. it. But it bugs me at the same time, this sense of entitlement that I deserve it just because I exist and it should be free for me. That kind of grates on me. Um, and I know oh, that God. may piss some people off. But you know, how many of those people saying they, they if they had to pay for a mod, they won't do it, how many of them have actually gone and donated to a mod? Yeah, you know, I'd like to ask them that. And if so, why haven't they? Do they think they're entitled to it just because they live and breathe, you know. If these well, people. Is there
2: another way? Is there another way you could monetize? Like, think about you know, Arma Three mods and stuff like that. If you could put, and I know I'm going to trigger a lot of people here. If you could cleanly put ads inside that stuff, right? Mm. And there's where your monetization. That's what on. I'm You're saying. You're driving down Taviana. There's the billboard, and you know, you hit up freaking X Company, and be like, yo, you know, how we want to put your advertisement inside this mod that i have x amount of people exposed to and work out some kind of deal there that yeah. way you're not inconveniencing the player but the modder is also you know able to monetize his work and kind of start working from there i don't know I that don't... is
1: totally doable and i'll let you know right now with major advertisers that have millions of dollars for marketing spends I'm talking about big, big companies, think McDonald's and Target and Sony PlayStation, you name it, they want to do this very, very much so. And it's to the point where they are trying to talk to like the creator of GTA R P and that whole server system mm-hmm. where you use influencer marketing and you have a streamer inside something like a GTARP type server and they are the advertisement and the brand takes over the city, Los Santos, whatever the fuck it's called. And every billboard in town is Xfinity or Kool-Aid or whatever the brand is. And it is just, the city is taken over for a day by that brand for X amount of money. And the streamers that are playing in the server they're getting paid to do talking points and to drive their car in game and park it in front of the uh, the billboard and have some funny RP viral moment that will make it on the live stream fails. Like yep. this kind of stuff is coming. It's already being talked about, not just with like GTA, I just use that as an example. That kind of shit is coming big time. And I feel like people need to be ready for that because it's gonna put a lot of people off. Yeah. Yeah, think 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 Ready Player One. There's there's advertising. like if you watch the movie or read the books, that's a, it's, I thought it was a cool book. Ready Player One's cool and mm-hmm. there's in game advertising. And even in that book, the main character to pay rent while he's doing his quest in the book, he's doing influencer campaigns and he's doing it inside <sighs> the Oasis as is an in game influencer interacting with the world. It, 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 that it, shit is coming. You
0: are dead right in that the same people who are balking at paying maybe 10 cents for a mod, when something like this comes out and a DayZ server is suddenly taken over by sponsorships for XYZ brand on all the billboards around the map, are going to be bitching going, oh, this is ruining my immersion and all the rest of it. Where if they had paid you know, under another format, maybe, they wouldn't be having that. I... Think, you know, all, all I really want to see is a way for you know is it's so accepted for content creators to be paid um, whether it be tips and subscriptions on YouTube and things like that um, uh, that a, a way implemented because you know someone said in my chat that it's against terms of service to sell a mod and that's correct um, but there's got to be a way that we can you know make it more mainstream for uh, modders to Get some coin but get back to your point mate it, that's going to be hilarious when servers are popping up with ads for coke and stuff like that and you know those as like i said those same people who balk are paying 10 cents for a mod are going to be like oh this is terrible why is this happening because you yeah, cheaped but- out and you weren't prepared to pay so they had to look at other options and now you've ended up with this it's kind of like um people complain i remember when they've uh seen something where they talked about when the internet was first created and the idea was bandied about there being a license um, that you had to pay uh, to be able to access the internet. Um, and they said, no, let's make it free for everyone. And it's free for everyone, but what do we get? We get ads everywhere. So what do people do? They buy ad blocker.
2: Not free. I got to pay my ISP a month, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sponsorship
0: yeah. thing
3: would work. Like in GTA, it would definitely work. And in Daisy, it could work as well if they made, say, like you're putting... Sponsorships on these big billboards or whatever. If they met the billboards look like they were part of the game. So instead of having you, you know you're walking through Yeah, you know, Yeah, easily. so like if you're walking through channels and you just see the, this sparkling Nike add on here, like that would ruin your measure. But if it was I don't know, the sign was corroded and rotten or something but still had the Nike on, it would work then as well. It wouldn't ruin your If immersion You can take as
1: an asset in a daisy server, like a military tent, and just put it anywhere the fuck you want. You can take that same asset in the form of a billboard which is in in the items list I'm, I'm assuming the assets list for a server you could put those wherever you want if there's like a dirty filter to make it look like it's been there for 10 years in the apocalypse and then it's just a white billboard where you're imposing an image yeah
2: you could set that up in an hour right lou i mean someone that's modern. oh yeah i mean yeah I'm, I'm more familiar with unreal's engine so i'm going to kind of think about it from that perspective it would just be Here's my base BP of this billboard. Uh, I assign whatever image and it's got um, crap, what are decals all over it to make mm. it look run down and grunge. And then if I place it, I can sink it in the ground to make look, look like it's sunk in there and stuff like that. But the other thing too with this stuff is you can have the best of both worlds in a sense where you have the server where it's free. Or, you know, if you paid for the content, you go to that ad free server and then maybe there's just a deal between the modders and the game company of hey you can charge x amount for your mod but we still get you know a percentage of that because you're basically using all the stuff we've spent time creating as well so there's also that like yeah modders are putting their work into it but they're working off the work of other people as well so it's not just pure free money in my opinion
0: there's a business idea soma someone um create a uh basically like it, it kind of pains me to say this but a um a, an, an honorable uh mcn um that works with modders um and links them with uh, businesses that um, are prepared to you know pay money to have their assets included in a mod pack um and you know they package it around you know you've got something like helkyana's much stuff pack um, most servers um, that yeah, you know, particularly our bases have that mod, and she could add some items um, that you know make it a condition of um, having the mod that you have to have these items um, in as part of the permission, um, and they're getting that um, brand exposed to hundreds of pe- thousands of people um, through the mods. So that's maybe an option.
1: Yeah, that would be some like tech-based creative agency, right? It would be just new marketing solutions that use developers not just like some marketing guy or gal. Um, Yeah, I mean that's super viable. Uh, The way you would have to figure that out is how do you scale it when you have tons of customers? Mm -hmm. Um, do Do you build tools so that a few employees can build that or do you hire a fuck ton of people around the world that can service tons of customers? And then you have to ask yourself what's the market for that? Are there tons of customers that even want something like this because if you build something amazing and there's only ten people on the planet that want to buy it yeah well yeah not awesome yes <laughs> so no that's that's a good idea though
0: yeah and you know whoever if someone wants to do this they could um, uh, target the successful mods out there because you can go in and you can actually look and see how many downloads there are of a mod and they can say, look, we see you've got X amount of um, downloads of your mod. We would like to approach you about. And as you said, it's so easy to create um, custom uh, marketing stuff that suits the theme. You know, look at Fallout. Um, you know, they've got their unique style of advertising that they have for um, their items. And I know their you know, Nuka-Cola and that. Uh, but just imagine if they were to modify that for uh, some items as well, Marks. That's a potential good idea.
1: Look at Death Stranding. Yeah. Look at look at Monster Energy Drink just front and center in Death Stranding. That turned a lot of people off. And they just designed those monster cans into the game. Like, that was a plan that they had for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. That was essentially what kept Norman Reedus' character alive, right? <laughs> which is fucking insane. That's just the beginning, which... Is like scary and sad to say.
0: Didn't PUBG We're initially gonna... start with cans of Red Bull?
1: I don't know if it was actually Red Bull. I think it was uh, same color. Yeah, same color, and there. it was just called energy. Yeah, it was energy drink or whatever. It was. See, that uh, would have been a
0: simple um, marketing solution to have made probably quite a few million dollars there. Um Red Bull go to them and say, "How about we um, pay you to actually use our brand?"
1: Yeah, but it's not that easy. So red bull as a brand global brand and they're very much a lifestyle brand um they like to attach themselves to extreme sports and like the the red bull flutog event and athletes and lifestyle groups that might be involved like esports like when i worked at tempo storm our biggest sponsor was red bull but they weren't like super keen on having their logo slapped around a bunch of hearthstone tournaments what they wanted was to see uh, interactive, cool content. They wanted to see Rainad and myself and some of the Tempo Storm guys travel around the world with a 4K, you know, Red Raven camera, which we did. We did the first ever uh, live stream out of a helicopter when we flew over Sydney, Australia, uh, with a 4K camera. It looked like a Hollywood movie. It was crazy. Yep. They wanted to attach the brand to that shit. Red Bull is a very specific case, though, right? So when they say, what is this modder who has our can in a game where it's like 50 people just killing each other in this game? Is this gonna move the needle for us? Should we sue them? Is this important to us? And they couldn't see the future at the time. They had no idea that this was about to give birth to a new genre with millions of players and a mobile game that would go to China and make a billion dollars there. They didn't know what PUBG was. Mm. So if you are willing to take risks, and a lot some brands are, many are not, you don't know where you should put your marketing dollars. You don't know who to trust. And a lot okay. of marketing companies want to only place bets on sure things. And placing a bet on a mod like PUBG or like a little game like PUBG, when it was very nerdy and hardcore, and it wasn't you know, some like downhill bicycle race for Red Bull, where they know that they can put their shit all over the place and they can have buckets of ice filled with Red Bull. and Red Bull models and people hanging out in this like physical space. They didn't know what to expect with a video game. But yeah, for us, it's a no fucking brainer. But for like some boomer marketing team that doesn't get it they they don't take risks like that. It's very rare. You were going well, to see that
3: now with um, you can see that with like Fortnite and they do they team up with like Marvel now and stuff like that.
1: And that's you know, only probably. because Fortnite became a global phenomenon. so popular.
3: Yeah. Let's, yeah, fi- let's face it,
1: stayed. yeah.
0: Daisy would yeah. be a nightmare to advertise on. Yeah, it could it potentially. No,
2: it'd be goldmine for like Sportsman Guide or some companies like that. Yeah, I feel like it'd it take could a really brave company.
0: Though. It'd take a brave company. It would take though. a brave
2: company, and it would take
1: content creators also getting paid as influencers to do a campaign to make sure that they were playing the game and showing that on screen, walking to where uh you know the dick sporting goods uh uh billboard was in the server right like they're gonna have to pay a streamer to play the game stream it to their audience actually walk their ass to that billboard show it off have some cool moment uh that's clippable or uh, not even um
3: not even a billboard like for example say you're doing dick sporting goods or say walmart something like that you could turn the traders into like a walmart something like that maybe it could even work that's true that's
2: yeah, definitely true. Like there's dude, ways to do it. There's a
1: lot of creative ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you give me a mod team, I could give you a prototype and yeah. like it's definitely doable. When you think about the existing mods out there, like you were saying with the shops and stuff, you just basically reskin them with whatever sticks exactly. or sportsman's guide or whoever.
0: Hey uh Simon, Scalespeeder just gave you an idea. How much would stream elements pay to sponsor the gap in my teeth? Let's see that
1: uh maybe about 15k you'd have you'd have like a whole list of uh talking points at least two hours of uh of, of sponsored material a week with a full branded suite of of brandable assets you'd have to have a panel banner down below with tracking links we'd have to have some messages spit out We'd have to have some social beats that you'd have to hit. Uh, Maybe an affiliate program for people that also want gaps in their teeth. They say 50%. (laughs) We're gonna have to make sure we get the whole fucking shebang going. Can get it going for about 15k.
0: (laughs) You lost me. You lost me, mate. That's way over my head. I'm the original fucking puma. You lost me after what the hell? What's you talking about? Bloody promo banners and links (laughs) and affiliate links and oh my god. Uh, There's a lot.
1: There's more there's bigger packages I could have sold you, but that's where fifty that's what fifteen K buys you.
0: Okay, so guys, question from um Scalespeeder in chat. If you were advising the Daisy marketing team, what should they do to sell more copies of the game?
1: Fuck me, That's a
3: hard question. Yeah, what I, content know, creators.
0: I, I, I I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you what I reckon. They need to bring back fucking Survivor games. They need to bring it back. It, there is still a market for it. Um, I've been watching um, the PUBG uh, PGIS tournament um, and loving it um, because there's no fucking Survivor Games to watch. Survivor Games is a brilliant concept. Yes, I know um, you probably wouldn't have... Uh, the same audiences that maybe PUBG is getting. Um, but that said, they're only getting um, in the English-speaking uh, version. I don't know how many they're getting in the um, uh, the Asian-language ones. Uh, but the, the, you know, there's 15 to 20,000 people watching each night, a three-hour um, long uh, with five or six games in each one. If they could bring back the original format Survivor games, <clears throat> get the likes of Shroud, Smoke... The Running Man, Summit 1G, those other big name people, um, XQC, and all the rest of them. know, um, yeah, I, I would love to see a truly um, uh, skill-based one. You know, so like what PUBG are doing, where it's um, not just the big name guys, it's the guys who are the best at the game. But to start with, I think if they were to do a you know a celebrity influencer streamer, whatever you want to call them, uh, survivor games, that would be massive for DayZ.
1: Honestly, if I if I was advising the day, first of all, they'd have to spend money. They'd have to spend a lot of money on the Survivor Games product. Mm. And if they if if the goal here is advising the marketing team on how they can sell more copies, they're looking to spend the least amount of money as possible with the biggest ROI on their marketing campaign. So what I would do is I would go to like 100 to 2,000 concurrent viewer streamers and I would pay them to do one sponsored stream a week every week for a couple of months and make sure that I coordinate with these streamers so that everyone is is live at least once a day. There's some streamer live that week in in a two hour segment and I would build some sort of affiliate program where if anyone bought the game through their link yes um either the streamer got a kickback yes or the person buying it got some sort of discount on the game and then i would also create a program that would encourage other people to broadcast the game as well so if you buy this game through smoke's channel link yep and you download it and you, and you pay for it and buy it. Well guess what, because you got it through this link, the DAISY marketing team or the DAISY team is gonna send you a Twitch overlay that you can use in your own DAISY stream that we have created for free for you. So it's a cam box and it's a, some stream overlay border for you. And bam, you get that as a gift for buying it from Smokestream. And now that encourages you to create content with the daisy cam box and jump into the daisy ecosystem on twitch and then that rolls into the next guy and the next guy and the next guy i love daisy you could put something together like that for i don't know two three hundred maybe four hundred five hundred thousand dollars depending on how many broadcasters you want the flight time which means how many months will that last um and and a bunch of other things but I would try to build something like that with their marketing team.
0: I love Daisy, but I get the feeling they've been very, very lucky that they've got such a loyal player base of people like The Running Man, Toprek, Minder, Smoke, um, who've continued to play this game when everyone else abandoned it. And I would love to see more love shown. And I think an affiliate link for them to have uh, that takes them to the BI website, whether it be if they purchase a fucking Daisy hoodie or a copy of the game, um, they get a couple of bucks. Uh, because I, I think um, most of those guys um, would easily have accounted for thousands of purchases of the purchases of the game. And I would again, you know, as much as I said, you know, my focus of late has been about modders um, and getting recompense for them. I, I firmly believe that know some love towards the content creators who stayed loyal to the game would be great
1: i think also just to bring people back they need to evolve the game a bit they need to have like a really big update that adds something new the game is old now let's be real here it's been around a long time um and you have to forgive a game if it loses some of its life after tons of years i mean like just natural Mm. New shit comes out. new experiences are there to experience and have fun with. You can't expect a sixty dollar game to live for a decade. Like that's some crazy shit. Mm. Like Daisy had an amazing lifespan for a few years, and it was like, what a thirty dollar game? Yeah uh hello, that's applause worthy fucking bow down. like that is so hard to achieve if even if it is dead, it lived an amazing life. you know so you can't talk shit about it so to try to sell more copies today nine years later the game came out a long time ago Uh, and obviously in the mod form the the standalone version is only like six or seven years old or whatever still though for the game to have made it this far and still have like peak players and still make money at all that is impressive as fuck Mm. Uh, and people don't give it enough credit Like that's a huge deal yeah. Most games do not last like this.
0: Straight up. What do you two guys think about the ten cent deal?
1: Uh, I wouldn't get too worried about it. Tencent is putting their fingers in every pie in the world. They have billions of dollars. And it is this, like, diabolical takeover of the gaming industry. But not gaming only, just entertainment in general. Um, having a piece of a little bit of everything... That's entertainment, especially in a day and age where digital content and entertainment is being uh, utilized and watched and fed into more and more and more. They're just, doing, they're just smart, unfortunately. And it sucks that Tencent is attached to the CCP because fuck them. But
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's called Taiwan, not fucking Chinese Taipei.
1: Oh, that, you're right. It is Taiwan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, ten, I'm not, like, a big fan of Tencent by any means. I want to mod Hightail. I want to make a uh, full-loot, hardcore, open-world PvP game in Hightail. So it looks kitty and cute. Sorry, what, what's really Hightail? What's Hightail for I, those of Hytale us who don't know? Uh, so there was a a Minecraft modding group called mm-hmm. Hypixel, and they had some of the be- biggest, best mod packs ever, and they made money from it, so there's this modding success story um and they decided to make their own studio called hypixel studios and they said well why don't we just make our own game let's just make an updated minecraft 2.0 of all the shit we could possibly want in our own version of minecraft and they have been building that with this company called hypixel studios and it looks like new age minecraft with rpg elements and like legendary and magic and epic weapons and questing and like some cool rpg elements Um, And some really cool shit that I want to take and modify to make like this, what looks like Minecraft, but in reality it's this hardcore PvP full loot fucking Diablo 2 meets Daisy inspired uh, like PvP slog in this big open world. And uh, what's crazy is before this game has even come out, they released this big trailer, an announcement trailer like a year or two ago, and it had like tens of millions of views or something crazy. So there's this ravenous appetite for something like that. And Riot Games, which is you know owned by Tencent, uh, they said, hey, why don't we just buy this studio before this game even comes out and they make a billion dollars and the price tag gets too crazy. So they bought Hypixel Studios because they're betting that the game is going to be a huge global phenomenon. And you know what? It probably will be. But what they're doing is really smart they have bought the farm before the farm has even produced one fucking thing to sell at the market, mm-hmm. which is insane. That is some <clears throat> massive foresight. Um, so you have to applaud them for that. But once again, it's 10 Cent gobbling shit up. Yeah, it, they used Riot Games as mouth, but the 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 body it's connected to is 10 Cent, and 10 Cent has their fingers and everything. Grinding Gear Games and Epic Games and Riot Games and now bohemian interactive and uh film studios and development studios around the world it's insane the reach that they have and every year you just see the the power creep continue right (laughs) like they're just grabbing more and more and more what does this mean for the future i couldn't even begin to fucking guess i'm I'm assuming it's going to be shitty uh but who knows
0: so they but I buy, remember, buy, um,
1: they Expect the worst.
3: I remember years ago, uh, 10 cents done not Where GTA has always been famous for its modding of single player. They leave modders mod the heck out of it. And when GTA 5 came out, a couple, it might have been a year or so afterwards, 10 cents came in and banned people modding GTA 5 for like a couple of days or something like that. Or they were going to anyway. They were about to, and they had so much backlash from it that they actually. I had to take a look at it and went, okay, like we won't ban, we won't ban it because all the models were changing all their stuff to screw ten cents and all this, all their reskinning everything, and um yeah, they've
1: messed up a few times like that as well. So, well, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. That lad saying in chat,
0: you can see a lot more Chinese servers now um popping up for Daisy as well.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that. I don't I know, know if that has like anything to do with a ten cent investment. It's got to be mm-hmm. something else. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't see how it correlates, but there could be correlation.
0: So we'll start to move on to the um, agenda items. Um, uh, as always, when I have you on, Soma, and you as well, Lou, we're an hour and a half in and we haven't even hit the actual uh, real topic <laughs> list that we started, but I just love having you guys, you sort of guys on as guests because they, you know, you're so knowledgeable and so informative about um, Daisy, but Um, I was hoping to get an update on Icarus from um, Brian, but um, we'll have to skip on that one. Um, But I don't know whether you guys saw it. Uh, There's been a bit of a uh, thing of late uh, talking about um, scripted content. And a guy named uh, It's Mike Doherty.
3: This video was great. Now I bet you're wondering, how how did I get so many AKMs? Well, what
0: if I told you because he He was, he was taking the, the
3: piss out of um, JLK. Yeah. Because he does all these movies and stuff. He kind of mocked him. Um, dude, thinking dude, what dude, people basis, think dude. it takes to make one, one of those videos. We can, we can um, totally but it's, take... it's totally oh, different. It
2: takes wow, you know, weeks dude, and weeks amazing. to do a video like that. Oh, with all the editing and everything?
3: Yeah, he's like, you know, spawning stuff in, pretending that's how they actually do it when in actual fact <laughs> you have to grind for everything. And... But so it was I a went really on funny an idea.
2: epic loot journey up north,
1: to get enough gear, guns, and tools necessary to raid this
0: base. Hmm. I don't know
1: anything about this. Yeah.
0: What happened? <laughs> ah, there, there oh, is no. audio. <laughs>
3: Dude,
0: you Dude you I've got I was geared enough
3: to go back and raid them.
0: Let's go, let's go.
2: I had killed everyone inside. Now it's time for the loot.
3: Oh, they've got so much oh.
0: I just loved it because it was a good shit post of um, one of the guys who, you know, he had the biggest, uh, most viewed video in DayZ last year, JLK. Um, but JLK took it on the chin and actually retweeted it and shared it out there and just... I, I love, um, yeah, you know, good-natured um, shit posting like that, Soma. I get the feeling, uh, watching your face, you enjoyed that as well. You could see the, uh, and, yeah, he put a good effort into it. He put a good effort yeah, into it's, it. It's
1: it's fun to take the shit out of stuff. Too, yeah, right? like it's it's fun, especially when when there's, you know, no hurt feelings and you know everyone's good-natured about it. That that makes it way better. Now, if there was some, like some big dramatic mess out of it and like some Twitter beef or something... Yeah. Fuck then that you shit. just got to roll your eyes and move on. But when people laugh about it and you can, everyone can kind of high five and have a good laugh and move on, that's, that's good. Wholesome, good stuff right there.
0: It was, it was, it was <laughs> really, really good. It was really good. And I, I, I love seeing things like that. Um, <clears throat> another one uh, that we had was, um, a, a question and I'm very interested in you guys' uh, opinion on this. Why are smokes used so little in Daisy? Um, and the overwhelming response to this um, uh, Twitter poll by Chris Kapow was they aren't effective. Um, have you yeah. guys ever used a, a smoke grenade yourself in Daisy? I only ever use I them mean. for shitposting, holding your hand and run I down use the road.
1: Them all the time. I use it's smokes. A- I use grenades. I use light sticks. I use flashbangs. I use everything. I, I
2: use mean, it, it all. really depends on like your application of it, right? Like, what are you guys finding so ineffective about them?
1: Yeah, it's all, it all depends on creativity of use as well. Like, I love to have a grenade. Let's just say it's like a regular frag grenade. I like to infiltrate a group and act like I'm a fresh spawn and have nothing, right? Like, I just walk up, just grenade in my pants. They don't see it. And I'll, I just play in a the mall these days. So I'll go sit by the fire with everyone, and I'll just pretend like I'm just a guy hanging out, and I'll say, hey, I'm going to grab some firewood, some sticks. I'll be right back. And I'll drop my grenade in the fire when no one's looking. I'll walk away, I'll wait for the explosion, because the grenade gets cooked in the fire, I'll walk back, collect all the loot, and I'll move on, and then maybe I'll find a smoke grenade. Did you put a clip and of I that always, on Twitter? I think there is, there is a yeah, clip, actually.
0: Yeah, I think I remember watching clip. that, and just thinking, you yeah. cheeky evil bastard, I love it.
1: Yeah, see, I, I'm not very... Uh, creative with content i'm one of those boring old cunts that just wants to go and kill everyone that's that's me i'm that i'm that low-brained piece of shit that just wants to engage in brainless pvp like that's how i get my jollies which deeds their own i know some people need more uh depth to their content they want to see someone like smoke who's clearly a better streamer um but that's me you know i like to just run in and like fuck with people and, and get some some cool kills uh but yeah smoke grenades like i'll use smoke grenades to flush people out of barracks or to trap someone to set up an ambush Um, i'll use light sticks to distract people Um, smokes are amazing for zombies uh smoke grenades are great you just have to remember to use your tools Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people will get uh items in game and they'll shove it on their belt or in their inventory and they just forget to use them yeah um, sometimes you don't always have to just like sprint in with your gun and just start shooting. Sometimes you can hide in the tree for a second and think tactically and use your consumables. And I think when you do figure out a clever way to use a smoke grenade or a stun grenade or, or something like that, it just makes you feel more satisfied. And especially if people are watching and they see you use tools, whereas uh, the other streamers they watch would just run in and blast someone it makes for the viewing experience to be more exciting. It's something that Ninja used to do with Fortnite. Uh, The way he would build was unique, but he would use the weird little consumables in Fortnite in really funny fucking ways that no one had ever seen before. And that's how we went viral on Instagram. And that's how Drake saw his Instagram clips. Like, wow, look at the way he used this item that everyone always ignores. He just got a fat, amazing uh, viral video on Instagram because he used this consumable no one ever uses. Whoa, I want to watch this guy more. So, using tools in-game to be creative, especially as a content creator, can be the difference between no one giving a shit about your stream and some people watching it, because you're the smoke grenade guy who figures out how to use them, you know? Yeah. So, I I think they're cool and fun to use.
0: Mike Doherty is saying here that there is a bit of a bug with them, where um, uh, even when you're standing in the smoke, you can be seen straight through it 90% of the time, They're they're terrible for Mm. stuff like that.
2: I mean, yeah, obviously, if there's a bug involved, then your usage is going to drop off, so that's for...
0: It's not a bug. We call them features. Unintended game features.
2: To be able to see someone through something that's supposed to make you not be able to see someone? <laughs> I mean, if the if the design intent is not working, you know, it's yeah. a bug. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I would say no one's going to use it if it's broke. Right. Yeah, But, different. once that's corrected, like, there's a shit ton of use for them in general. Um, previous iterations, we've used them, or I've used them personally for, you know, buddy gets hit by a sniper, mm. just dumping smoke around his body to obscure it so you can low crawl in, get yeah. him back up into the fight, and if you can't identify where the fire's coming from, you know, build yourself up a nice little screen to pull out with. Um... You know, like Soma was saying, can you use that stuff for room clearing, uh, address for marking targets for other people in your team, depending on how tactical you like to play.
0: Or as um, Dancer Jesus said in chat, for helping lost players find you.
2: Yep, exactly. Actually,
0: you guys probably know this one as well. It's something I've mentioned to people as well, uh, that <clears throat> um, for those who aren't uh, of a very military mind, But it's a great way for if you're meeting up with someone, um, you get them to throw a smoke grenade because there's different colored smoke grenades, um, and chopper pilots in particular used to do it. Um, When they were going to do a drop or go in to uh, pick someone up, they would tell the uh, troops on the ground to throw a smoke grenade, then they would confirm the color, and the person replies back, yes, Violet is correct. Um, And if it was a different color, then you knew it was an enemy. Um, had thrown the uh, smoke grenade too, so th- there is uses for them. But yes, I, I think honestly, what you said, um, Lou, that people um, and it only got nine point eight percent, but people forget about them. I know I do. Um, I actually voted they aren't effective, but now that I think about it more, it's I generally like even fucking frag grenades. I forget I've got them on me as well. You just got to remember
1: what you actually have, and just figure out creative ways to use it. Like I have the element of surprise right now should I run in and try to get a kill or should I use these consumable objects that I have and then keep my element of surprise but have this new thing that they weren't expecting on the board that I've put there, mm. you know? So there's, there's, I mean, back in the day when Lou and Brian and I used to play Daisy together, all being ex-military and just tactfully minded in general, just anyway, we would approach the game in a very specific tactical way and that's why we got viewership back
2: in the day. It was a different playstyle that no one else was doing, so that kind of Mm. set us apart from everybody. But there's also, like, the more creative you can be with the tools you have and use them in ways that no one else is doing, not only is it going to make the game, you know, enjoyable again for you, because it's going to feel like a different game. Um, You know, depending on how much of an entertainer, entertainer you are, that can also, if you're a streamer, boost your viewership. So I think there was a rough patch way back before 1.0 on Daisy, and you know things we hadn't gotten an update for a while so i was trying to look for something to switch it up while i was streaming and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go like max survival mode like only stuff you can craft i'm only gonna wear leather and i'm only gonna use a bow and it's like a unique challenge right so i'm not gonna use you know guns or anything i'm just gonna see how far i can get with this bow and arrow and My numbers like doubled for the week. I was doing it just because it was something different. It was unique I was able to make it humorous because I'm trying to go you know against dudes with like drum mags and freaking Grenades and stuff and all I am in leather armor with you know a makeshift bow so It's it's just really on how you approach it with the content
0: And actually um, another and good use for smoke grenades as well is um, One of the big issues you see with a lot of people when they're playing is giving target indications um, to where the enemy is. And if you have a smoke grenade, you can throw it in the direction of the enemy um, and use it as a reference point. Reference my smoke, 11 o'clock. Um, or, you know, to the north or something like that. So, yeah, you're dead on the money um, about uh, um, being more creative with the utilities at hand.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes some items just suck, like straight up, but... Um they might suck nine times out of ten, but then there's this tenth time, or this tenth way that you could use it, and then it changes the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's there's been... There's several different games over the years that give you a bunch of consumables and, like, little tools you can use, utility stuff. And when I was younger, especially, I would ignore a lot of that shit and just, like, concentrate on, like, the main thing that I do or whatever. And then I just started to, like, to actually use these little tools and these little things that the game would give me. And if you use them correctly, it could, you know, mean surviving a, an encounter or unlocking something you didn't expect or getting somewhere new or I don't know. I, I like when I used to not like uh, being cursed with choice for how I'm going to approach something. It was too much like make it simple, stupid. I just want to do this thing. The older I get, I'm like, give me options. I want to fuck with people in
2: new ways. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> how I look at it. Well, I didn't. Daisy is such a great game to, you know Jam used to do a bunch of like social experiments. Yep, that kind of gameplay is hilarious I remember I forget who I was playing with but we were up on the coast and we just kidnap people take their blood and Then when we went, you know closer to raid northwest and stuff if we capture someone you know, you could do hostage exchange or just swap out their blood they think you're letting them go and then they fall over dead because you gave them the wrong blood type like a <laughs> couple minutes later so like just <laughs> unique trolling opportunities that just give you stories for later on like shoot shit with your boys
0: there was a kiwi lad who was doing um social experiments as well um at the same time as It was uh, they were really cool to watch i enjoyed those videos back in the day it kind of highlighted just how unique daisy was oh for sure Gigi Sammy's his name, the uh, Kiwi guy who was doing them. Um, but we had another uh, point raised, and again, I'd be interested in you guys' um, opinion on this. Um, maybe this is a dumb idea for some, but I'm thinking adding Daisy creator skins for guns would be cool. So they can already, uh, so cool. They can already create a skins in modded. So if Daisy added like a workbench in most factories, allowing us to use it with the weapon to add a skin would be so cool in my opinion. Again, you know, looking at what you were talking about, Soma, about ways to reward. Creators, that could be one. You know, if you like your favorite um, person, you, you know you can earn a Twitch drop. Um, because you've got to look at the success um, that Escape from Tarkov, um, that PUBG, um, Rust recently have had with Twitch drops. Daisy's missing out on a market there.
1: Yeah, it all depends on what kind of money situation they have going on there, what kind of budgets they have. Um, if the folks in charge of marketing teams and whatnot and the budgets are smart enough to stay up on trends that are working, like Twitch Drops. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they know what a Twitch Drop is, but maybe they had one meeting where they're like, yeah, maybe we should have the Twitch Drop. What do you guys think in the meeting? Everyone's like, yeah, why not, maybe. And then they just go on with with their day and they do their day-to-day tasks and it doesn't actually go anywhere after the initial uh subject was brought up um are they a bunch of oh, boomers man. over there I don't know we don't we don't know their we don't know the state of their team yeah or or how much money they have but getting twitch drops and working with twitch is expensive yeah of course yeah dude working with the twitch sales team twitch marketing all that has a fucking massive price tag like when I was working at twitch back in the day if you were a brand that wanted to get some uh, ad banners and maybe like a 30 second pre-roll ad and then maybe some added value with that and like a few streamers do some hashtag ad streams for you. I hope you have a minimum of a quarter million dollars just to start really? the conversation. Really? Fuck yeah and that was 2016. Imagine five years later what price tags on getting a front page slot Oof. for your product is. Just imagine how much it costs to get a pre-roll ad that no one's going to watch anyway on Twitch six figures 100% because Twitch is, a, Twitch is the new age video game magazine I don't get electronic gaming monthly or Nintendo power in the mail anymore because there's Twitch and no one reads print so if you want to uh, know what's happening in the world of gaming and, and nerd culture you watch YouTube or Twitch and those old school video game magazines used to charge thousands of dollars for ads in the back of the magazine right But the barrier to entry was, are you gonna pay for this magazine to show up to your physical address and then open up that book physically and we have no idea if you're actually doing it because we can't track you with your data? Mm. That shit's gone. (laughs) We have a free to use website with shit tracking at all fucking times now. And we know exactly who's clicking on what. We know how many eyeballs and how many impressions are, are based around an ad. How many people have tuned in? How many unique viewers have touched the front page alone today? How many clicked that one link to this video, which then clicked to this affiliate link or whatever? All that shit's trackable now. So you can actually price it properly and also inflate said price when you're the biggest guy on the block. When you're Twitch and you're the king of live streaming, jack the prices up. No one's going to Mixer. (laughs) Mixer died. You got to come to Twitch. Therefore... If there's one million brands and this is the price tag to work with Twitch and that automatically pushes out 900,000 of those brands because they just can't afford it, fuck it, we have 100,000 people or companies that can spend that money. And they know they have to if they wanna get in front of the eyeballs that are important to them for their product. So they're gonna spend that money. There's always gonna be a company or a brand or a marketing team or a creative agency That is willing to cut the check to work with a platform like Twitch. Always, forever. Until Twitch goes away. Which won't happen.
0: Mate, I am having one hell of a uh, one-year anniversary. I've had to ban two people in um, chat today. I I can count on probably both my hands the amount of people i banned on my channel. But coming in with a message like that, mate, that's just, no, that's not cool.
1: That's not cool at all. I missed it. I think I missed it.
0: Um, was it about me again? Was it, no, was it no. It, it, it was about um, the podcast. Ah, yeah, he, he made an offensive remark about autism and, you know, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not big on. I'm not big <laughs> on, uh, you know, uh, giving words too much power, but the context it was used in, I'm just, I'm not in the mood, particularly with uh, the news I got this morning, which we'll cover later, but yeah. Um, no problem. All good. Um, anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see something done there, but I, I just had no idea about the costs that um, uh, were involved. That's, that's some insane coin there.
2: Yeah, but why even bring Twitch into this? This is something I, I would see more of, like, the CSGO approach, right? Community-driven content. So you have artists within your community creating mm-hmm. the skins, throwing them up on a marketplace... For people to purchase and use as alternative skins for what's already in the game, right? Yep. So I have this black and red flannel, but someone made this dope ass material swap for it that turns it into like a Louis Vuitton button up. Like, hell yeah, here's two bucks, let me get that so whenever I find that item I can apply this skin. Alternatively, if you have a streamer and you have, you know, artist support, maybe they whip you up a custom one that you can sell from your Twitch page. Like Love it. why even
3: i have a store link on the
2: main menu of the game as well that they just take them to a web service and... Yeah, hmm. why rely on Twitch when you can yeah. start, you know, if you have the skill set, market yourself. Yeah, you definitely don't
1: have to rely on Twitch. That's, that's true. There's plenty of options. Um, Twitch is just one Avenue for, for advertising that someone could take or a company. I could just take. think
2: it's not as open to like your individual, right? Like if you're a corporation, 100. sure. 100
1: you're right it's definitely not yeah that's when you go to like stream elements for instance we're selling like digital ads and putting together hashtag sponsored streams and whatnot but we are not an amazon owned billion dollar platform we're like 90 people who work from home right so we don't charge uh a quarter of a million dollars just to start having the conversation right it's completely different. There's other solutions out there. You don't have to go to the platform itself, right? There's there's other there's other methods uh, for advertising and whatnot. Uh, just so you guys know, I got about five minutes left and then I have to go do this work call and have this work event.
3: No worries, so Mike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bohemian is just okay. something lazy
3: and just start promoting their game. Say again bohemian
1: needs to stop being lazy and needs to start promoting the game more there i said it yeah, well it's i don't think it's laziness i think it's do we have the money to put money into this right now and is it smart for us to try to put marketing dollars into one of our older products when we have earned media in the form of this podcast and smoke doing free streams and shroud showing up once a month to, to stream daisy and getting a little burst of money or a daisy employee who is making a Namalsk mod for free on the side. We didn't have to pay this guy extra. And he built a mod that brought back tons of players and spiked our playership. Uh, Why spend the money? Fuck it. They're getting all this earned shit for free. They're probably just twiddling their thumbs, just smoking a cigar like, look at this fucking earned stuff we're getting for free. We don't even have to spend a dollar. And our own employee is making a mod that is gonna make our game better on the side when he's done at work. And the, some you of the think, biggest streamers on the, in the world are gonna play our game. We don't have to send them a dollar and we don't have to have them put a hashtag ad on it. Dude, they're fucking loving it. They're loving true. it.
3: You'd you think though, even with all that free promo, they'd, I don't know, the updates would get better or they'd add more to it. I know they're concentrating you think on both that? You'd think that, to, wouldn't they, you? They need to start adding more content. It's getting a bit, getting a
1: bit ridiculous now at this stage. I agree. That's that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, that's for the
3: console players.
1: Yeah, so you're saving money on 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 marketing res. You're saving marketing resources. So how do you reallocate those funds? I don't know. Maybe fucking hire one of these amazing modders, hire them full time to build out some cool new feature set, or to finally fix choppers, and fix the console version of the game, or something like that. You reallocate funds, but. Most companies do not reallocate funds like that properly. They take those funds and maybe they uh, put it in employees' pockets or the CEO gets an extra check. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just, you know, making a generalized statement on it. Mm. But you never know where that money really goes. Uh, You don't know how resources are reallocated unless a company is being super open and honest about it, which companies don't fucking have to do that. So why would they? Unless it's like a publicly traded thing, and you're a shareholder, and you want reports, you know, quarterly reports, you're on, on a, a public board or something like that. But that's all rare too. So,
0: yeah. nice comment there. Adam is Daisy's biggest marketing asset at the moment. Sumrak.
1: Indeed. I hope that guy's getting, uh, you know, an extra pay, an extra paycheck or a bonus. Because yeah. That guy. He deserves at least an Employee of the fucking Month plaque or something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he deserves a little bit of love, dude. I mean, come on, man. God damn. There's
0: something for the community to fundraise for. We'll make Adam an Employee of the Month um, award. Something, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's actually doing very well on um, Twitch. I keep telling him he needs to um, turn on the subscribe button, um, but he um, refuses to do it because he doesn't feel right about doing it when it's his job so yeah
1: yeah oh yeah, to be a moral mm. person Ugh.
0: well um <laughs> I, I think we will let you go soma um you know there's a there's a lot of uh a couple more topics to talk about but we need to let you go mate because you've got to pay the bills thank you so so much for coming on mate i love having you as a guest um it's. I'll definitely. Um. Yeah. Probably in another few months' time, look at squeezing you in again because, yeah, you know, you, your mind is just full of so much information. You should do your own podcast or just talking about this shit, mate. Um. Yeah. You know, uh, keep
1: telling me that I should. I should do uh, some sort of content around the the business of streaming, and I don't mean just like how do I get my channel to grow, but like all the other shit that rolls around it. Look at you the success the of Devin Nash. And, Look, and,
0: look at the success yeah. of Devin Nash. His his channel's blowing up, um, and that's what he does. Yeah, you know, he talks about stuff about you know how to grow your channel, but he also talks about stuff like yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of my favorite videos of his. Um, I know Marx isn't a fan of him, um, but he no. um, uh, did a video why Twitch is a pimp. Um, and yeah, he's basically he streams on Twitch. Um, he works with Twitch apparently, yeah. but yeah, um, I
1: know Tyler Devin quite well. Um, he works at NerdFusion. Fusion. Well, Nova with Sevedis, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I know all those cats. Yeah, uh, they're smart guys. Yeah. They're smart guys. I don't have the dedication to the business side like Devin though. He's like, at this point, he's became a like business content creator, like about the business mm. of streaming. I'm too simple. I just wanna like get the stream going and like smoke a joint, have a glass of wine and. Blast some dum dums online. Yeah, but like, shit, you know? I'll
0: use Marx as an example, mate. Marx doesn't, just doesn't, uh, Devin Nash rubs him the wrong way. And I can see that because he, he is quite an opinionated guy. Uh, but I can look past that because he's fucking knowledgeable. You have a much different personality type. So that would be your market for people who don't want, you know, when, when Devin gets on a roll, he's almost talking at a speed you can barely fucking follow him on. Um, yeah, his mind's almost ahead of what's, the words that are coming out of his mouth so he kind of gets a bit jumbled at times whereas you're much more laid back and you'd probably find like I'm pretty sure if you were to start doing videos like that, Mark's would probably be one of your first subscribers I
3: don't Devin Nash
0: in there.
1: that's funny, I know, I know Devin Nash has, has some fans and some folks that aren't as thrilled mm. uh, that's just the reality of yeah. being a content creator right?
0: you're never going to have nice everyone dude. like you
1: I like I like Devin. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Um guys, thank you so much for inviting me. I would love to be on again. Uh Marks, I wish we would have gotten to to chat a little bit more on this. I know we uh sort of said a few things to each other, but good to meet you. Yeah, you um, too. Lulu, I love you, buddy. Love you, baby. <laughs> oh, <sweet laughs> voice.
0: Uh, Lou do, and I do, go do way you, back. Love Lou. Do, do you guys uh, need a room for a moment? Yeah
1: we used to have a room it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and they've done that come on um i i wish that brian would have showed up that really sucks yeah Uh, shame on him but he's our friend so we won't shame him forever but that sucks eventually we're gonna get brian on Uh, yes i'd love to come back and we'll try to get brian uh to actually show up but uh this was fun as always i really enjoyed doing this
0: love Uh, having you on mate love having you on
1: yeah every few months I'll uh, I'll, make, I'll make an appearance. awesome. We'll um, definitely schedule it.
0: Yeah. And I'd like as you said I'd like to get the three of you on um because I just i love the synergy between you old school guys who were there when Daisy was you know just a little baby. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> all the best mate. Right, good ladies. good luck with your job. Yeah, with your right.
1: job. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh if you guys are around later on Twitch and you want to see Zack Snyder and Joe Manganiello Talk about Snyder's Cut, Justice League on HBO Max. Been setting, up, setting that up for about ten days, and they're ju- uh, jumping out with Man vs. Game uh, later on. So, feel and I just I out. just shared
0: in chat your Twitter That's and good. your Twitch uh, link as well. All the best, mate.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your podcast. You too. Later.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's just you uh, now, Lou, with us.
2: Just me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mate, did you hear about the big workshop purge um, that just happened?
2: Uh, to be honest, I am quite kind of out of the loop, uh, just given you know how twenty twenty's been and uh, work and everything.
0: So Dwarden, um, who is the guy um, at BI that takes care of uh, this sort of stuff, um, mm-hmm. I actually reached out to him, um, and he said it was nothing special, just the usual cleanup of stolen IP. Intellectual Property, Bridge Stream Workshop Terms of Service, or Armour 3 DAISY End User License Agreements. Um, He said it was uh, usually its IP content taken without written approval from the IP owner, e.g. us, other game developers, community makers, etc., or attempts to sell the content, e.g. the mod is non-functional in some way until paid. There was actually um, a couple of mods in particular. There was one by a guy called Nightwolf that was a chopper-based one. Um, that you had to pay him, um, in, I believe, hundreds of dollars uh, to it's be like able 100%. to get the mod to get the mod to work. Wow. Yeah.
2: See, that's that kind of rolls back to the whole... This is why I'm so on the fence, because I, I do believe modders should get paid for their work, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you got choppers working, you want me to pay you a hundred... The game's not even a hundred dollars. Like, yeah. what the fuck, bro? On top of the fact that, yeah. like from what it sounds like he's he's using you know intellectual property that's not even his and he's trying to make money off it as well so like i'm not legal savvy on a lot of this stuff uh my main focus is just you know designing cool stuff for people to experience in games right now so I uh, i mean i don't know the ins and outs of the logistics behind you know whatever legal is doing but that just the fact he's trying to charge a hundred dollars for this seems pretty scuzzy, man.
0: But people paid it. There were server. This was um to servers, not to actual players. Um, but yeah, sir, there were servers out there that were prepared to pay the money to get this mod uh, for their server.
2: So, is it the server paying a hundred dollars? Yes, then like hundreds. The, the mod
3: was two hundred dollars. Apparently, is what it was. was two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars in like yeah, that a server owner would have to pay. And then, anybody who joined that server was able to use these helicopters then.
2: Oh, see, then you're just creating a market where, like, you know, obviously to gain access to that server, you're going to have to pay, right, to recoup that money you've invested.
0: Sorry, what was that again? I'm not
2: sure. The server, you can just
3: join freely. Um, You didn't have to pay the servers or anything like that, but I'm guessing they all met it back in, you know, donations and stuff like that. Probably, yeah. Um, So... Yeah, but the thing is, even though they were paid helicopters and stuff, they actually—I know it was all legal—but I've—I've had flown them a few times. They did run very, very well because they were server side, so they like they did fly very well and mm. all that. So it was a good—you weren't getting something that was rubbish, but he was stealing it, so it's kind of,
0: kind of crappy. Plus, it's yeah. against the terms of service to sell. Um, yep. Yeah. I and did. Already... I did clarify with him um, that. Um, and this is where it starts to get funny, Lou, and um, I'm hoping with your background you may be able to uh, elaborate on this. Um, But So it's okay for me to approach, say, Inclement Dab, he's in chat, um, and pay him to create a mod specifically for me. But the modder can't create a mod and sell it to multiple people. Right. And that's where I, I kind of think it's okay. So
2: Well it's okay
0: in one way to pay for it, but it's not okay in another.
2: This is how I look at it, right? Like I'm hiring you to do something for me, right? So say like I didn't know how to set up a server for Daisy. So I yep. hit you up and I'm like, hey, if I shoot you X amount of money, can you set the server up for me? Hmm. And it's kind of the same thing with the mod of like, hey, this is what I want. I don't have that skill set. Can I pay you? to build this for me but then if i'm trying to go out there and sell that myself right like you're approaching me i'm not putting this on a market and selling it to a bunch of people so i don't like again i'm not i don't know a bunch of this legal stuff but just from the way i would think about it it seems justified to me because it's like how, how are you going to really police you know someone going to someone else and be like i need you to build this for me and i'm willing to pay you for your time versus someone on their own trying to you know put it out in the market and charge people for it mm. so i think that's kind of i mean that's the way i look at it anyways and like i said it's when it comes to making money off modding work i definitely think that you know modders should be able to you know i've put x amount of time in here i would like to get paid for that but you're also you know not starting from scratch so if you were to mod something and then ask money for it in my mind it would only be fair for the company to also in return get a cut of that because you're working with stuff they've built for you to work with Yep. it's like if i want to do woodworking gotta go buy a freaking saw and everything so either you gotta you know pay an entry fee to be able to do that and then sell it, or they get a profit of what you make. But again, that's up to the company as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait. so
3: you're basically paying for the modders time and not their product at the end of the day. Then. When you're when you're asking somebody to do it, um, like when he was selling the telecoms, you're paying for the product and not his time necessarily.
2: Uh, See, I don't like, again, I don't know how they legally justify it, but the way I wrap my head around it is, you know, someone came to me and was like, I need you to do X for me and I'll pay you for it versus me taking someone's content, doing whatever I do to it, putting it on a market and then expecting people to pay without any kind of, you know, contract with people whose work I'm using and building off of. If that makes sense, right. yeah,
0: it does. But it was definitely an interesting time. There was, um, yeah, you know, quite a few servers that um, had, and it wasn't just uh, Nightwolf. There was a number of uh, mods. Um, they were talking about it in the modding Discord. Um, a number of mods that got hit with the ban hammer, um, and I'm unsure if anyone got permanently banned from the Steam Store. But um, I know that threat was out there. So, yeah. Bit of a cleanup, long overdue, Um, so yeah. Um, Uh, An update on the creator server. We've been talking about that. Um, I don't know whether you know, Lou, but um, uh, after the success of the Rust um, OPV or whatever it was server, which had all those big-name creators on it, um, a couple of guys, um, Erno um, and then Inclement Dab, jumped on board, um, decided they would try the same thing for DayZ. Um, but it's been delayed. It was meant to start um, yesterday, um, yeah. or today, depending on um, where you are in the world, the yeah. uh, 20th of March. Uh, but our inclement dab came down with a case of food poisoning. Um, so he's had to delay the launch of the server until the 22nd, um, which will probably be the 23rd here in Australia. I know it's going to be starting at like, oh, dark 100 for us, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, what do you think of that thought, um, a, a creators-only server loop?
2: i see this is something i've been thinking about for a while because back in the day i used to do a lot of like rp content yep and the reason it's like it's always going to be fun to me i just really hate the drama that is inherent with it for whatever reason um in my experience you know you get a lot of people who are friends And, obviously, you need some kind of, you know, server drama, in-story drama, and factions are going to sprout and everything. But, when you're trying to create something that's not going to cause, like, you know, out of the RP drama, there needs to be a a level of balance, right? Because if everyone's on one faction, and then it's just basically the majority versus the minority, that's not... that's, like, the perfect catalyst for... You know outside of RP drama um, you know the whole point is to tell a story um, and what I would like to see is you know kind of a, a pre-setup going into this of like you know hey here's kind of not necessarily rails to put everyone on but like here are the boundaries to establish going into this to try to mitigate that potential of you know people feeling like they're just the minority getting shit on the whole experience because that's not going to be fun and it's just going to lead to people getting frustrated and bitchy which is totally understandable so because it's like you know you have all these different communities and then if someone's you know getting the shitty end of the stick all the time that's going to piss their community off as well and then it just really flares up so hopefully that doesn't happen with this because I foresee some really amazing content coming out of it. But that's just the one thing I would keep in the back of my head is like, how can we, you know, make this the experience where it's, you know, not just a bunch of us ending up ganging on the smaller group and then just shitting all over them for the lulls. Not going
0: to lie, purely from a psychological perspective, I'm very interested to see the dynamics that unfold on the server. Uh, Oh, for sure. It's going to be... Very interesting. One guy who said he's playing on the server um, is a uh, YouTuber by the name of Stimpy. Um, Unsure if you've heard of him. Um, He's an Australian guy. um, And he caused quite a lot of issues on the Rust server. Um, He really knows how to troll and debate people. Um, And some of them didn't react very well um, to his actions on the server. He just basically doesn't give a shit. Um, are they just
2: not familiar with him or just <clears> two <throat> kinds of personalities that are just going to inevitably the, clash there, well,
0: yeah. there was a comment made about him oh you're one of those Rust players um, so uh, that that should probably tell you a lot about him what were you going to say Mark? Yeah.
3: I, I think what also happened was I, I knew some of the people like I've watched some of the people who he ran into and baited a lot of them are GTA 5 RP streamers so they were probably in the sense that they were kind of probably playing it in a bit of a role play scenario And then Stimpy walks along and trolls them all. And I think they kind of might have got a little bit annoyed because of that as well. I think they kind of, I know quite a few of the streamers he killed were roleplay streamers. And I don't think they
2: like that. So that might have been another reason they might have been kind of playing in the roleplay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was saying, you know, about establishing um, that like, is there permadeath rules and stuff? Because if there is and some people aren't playing to that, you're going to freak some people out.
3: Also, as well, I think the content server is going to be good for streamers because you're not going to get stream sniped. You know, you you don't have to be constantly worrying about if somebody's behind you or you're going to get, you know, killed. See, It's going to be a safe space for quite a few streamers as well, which is going to be nice for a change.
2: Yeah, definitely the, the streamer only aspect of it is something that should have been done a while ago for some of this RP content because you're always going to have those people that just want to be assholes, right? And kind of fuck up whatever you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking steps like this to kind of mitigate the damage as much as possible, definitely smart. Mm
0: -hmm. One one of the things I'm looking forward to is because it's going to be a purely content creator server, um, I'm hoping that there is a bit more of a um, level of decorum amongst people. um, And it's going to allow some, you know, one of the big issues I see um, a lot of the big streamers say is one of the things they don't get to do is do bases. Um, because no. they just get stream sniped possible. all the time. Whereas on this server, there's a chance that some of them may get to explore a side of DayZ that they normally don't get to play. You know, They've got to constantly be on the move in case someone's uh, stream stalking them and stream sniping them. And Yes, I'm not going to be naive and say this isn't going to happen on this server, but it's going to be less likely. And it's going to be plain, plainly obvious because everyone is going to be streaming or doing YouTube videos of what they're doing. So, that's good. It's, it's good. I, I'm excited for the concept.
2: Oh yeah, yeah I mean the difficult. fact that. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> no, go go. You go. Ahead. I was just gonna say that I agree with you totally on like. That's one thing I don't miss about streaming is I felt like when I streamed a lot of daisy I missed a lot of the organic content that you would get, right? Yes. Because you always have people tracking you down, um, you know, hopping in the server and wanting to engage, which could either be a positive or a negative. Most of the time in my experience tended to be negative, but it just seemed to like take that aspect of when you're engaging with someone, you can't tell if this is an organic, unique situation or if it's someone just stream sniping yeah. you. And especially in an RP environment, which, like, you can almost hear it in their voice, and you're like, oh, fuck, I know this is the guy who's watching me, just because, like, his reaction is not an organic response to what... You're
0: constantly doubting everything that
2: happens. In yeah. So that, and getting those kinds of interactions is just like, at least for me, was always just like, well, this just fucking... Like, it just, it felt like driving into a bog.
0: I've, I've always said, Mark's, um, that uh, I pity the... People who go full time in some aspects. On one hand, yes, they're getting to play a game they love um, for a living. Um, but they get they miss out on so much of the game because they're forced to play a certain style, um, whether it be a style that people find interesting. They can't mix it up. You know, some of them can't even go and play other games. If they do, they lose their audience. Um, they yeah. kind of become trapped by their own creation.
3: Yeah, it can get really annoying sometimes like that. Um, I, I think it's sometimes that can be annoying, but sometimes then you just kind of need to maybe swap a swap server where it's something different, and that can kind of you know break that rhythm of it and stuff. But yeah, it can be sometimes you're streaming it, and you can just kind of you feel like I don't even want to play this right now. You know, you kind of just feel down and mm. yeah, it's, it's a shitty way to be sometimes. But
0: dance, monkey, dance, even when you're not feeling it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, I'll I'll save um, that last point, um, um, not the next point, uh, for the end of the show. Um, But the Day 1 servers seem to be the guarantee to getting partnered for Day Z lately, folks. Seriously, so many people who predominantly play Day 1 are getting the purple chick now. Another person who's just hit it is Foxy Fox Girl. Um... Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know who she is, uh, but she's just hit um, partner um, and she predominantly plays day one. Um, she's got it here at the top of her uh, profile that um, she's now a um, full-time partner. So if, you, if you're if you really serious about wanting to get that purple tick, day one seems to be the guarantee. Lou, have you played the day one service yourself?
2: Uh, no, I have not. Like I said, unfortunately, I have not had a lot of time to get into Daisy lately with just work and everything. But, I mean, it does make sense that this is something that's definitely going to help you know, someone who's streaming because it's just it's putting you in front of the community.
0: There's so many so, big names playing it at, at the moment. It's oh, a guaranteed yeah. way of getting your name out there. Um, you know, I've seen Foxy playing with um, Smoke and with um, an, an Aussie guy who recently got partnered, Andy. Um, there's just... Yeah, you, know, you, you you because the map is so small, you, you they're tripping over each other. Um, so it, it's just it's a great way to get your name out there if you're really really serious about getting that purple tick.
3: I think if you just keep the grind up, no matter what server you're on, you will. You know, you'll get that tick if you just keep the content interesting and yeah, just keep grinding. You'll get there eventually someday.
0: That's a lot to it, isn't there, Lou, Um, to the the success. You know, you you can't put your finger down on one thing. Like, I'm saying day one's a great way to go, but you've still got to have something that differentiates you from everyone else.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely, you know, if I was still streaming, um, it's definitely a platform I'd want to be on because your whole, at least for me, my approach to streaming was... You know entertainment first so trying to think you know what is gonna get my audience hyped up you know obviously not going to extremes but you know exposure interaction with other bigger streamers to kind of showcase your entertainment skills is gonna do wonders for your you know twitch career if that's your goal
0: hmm see I'm lucky and I'm probably the the last person to give advice to people you know, usually I share links from the likes of Devin Nash and um, people like that um, who are a hell of a lot more successful than I'll ever be, but you know, I'm kind of, as I said, lucky in that I've got a uh, military pension from my time in the service, so I don't need to do this for views to gain money in that. you know, Pretty much everything I make goes back into the show, to the server, um, to you know, a, a number of things. You know, I, I donate to quite, quite a few people as well. So I'm blessed in that regard that I can just play the game how I want to. I'm not forced to, you know, constantly analyze if if what I'm doing is, you know, going to get me more viewers.
3: Yeah, it's a very it's a very different ballgame when you're trying to either grow or make some type of career out of it, or hopefully, you know, one day make it your job. It's a completely different thing. It, it can it can become very stressful at times when either you're streaming or you're trying to make videos and you know, it just it'd be very stressful.
0: I'm not going to lie. Like I, I would love to get partnered and it's kind of embarrassing for me that I've been doing this four to five years um, and I'm still only an affiliate. Um, but at the same time, I've still got, I've got my little, uh, little community and I love that community.
2: Oh yeah, dude. That's, I mean, your community is what's going to you know, keep you going. The one thing i would say at least in my approach to streaming was always you know find what works for you too you know like something that's not going to if if you're not if you feel drained at the end of the day obviously unless you're doing like 24-hour streams (laughs) but if you feel drained at the end of the day and you're demotivated you know definitely reassess of you know what what about playing this game is fun for me Mm. how can i share that with my audience how can i bring them with me on this journey to find that, you know, new experience in whatever game I'm playing.
0: I uh, I point a lot of people towards Summit 1G um, uh, when he was having his little uh, time there where he just wasn't enjoying what he was doing. And then he just said, fuck it. And he started doing what he wanted to do. And that actually brought him back to the... Yeah, it blew up again. Um, and yeah, you know, there's some great videos if you search YouTube um, that talk about how he turned himself around and went from you know the the infamous scene that there is of him punching his monitor to you know a bloke who's beloved by many and you know been. Did you ever see the troll that got done of him on DayZ, Lou? The troll? Oh my God! Could someone please find me a link for the troll that um modders did to Summit? Had this um. Uh, when he, was, he came back playing DayZ around the same time as Shroud did. Um, and he had a bit of a rant on Twitter about the trees in DayZ and how shit they are. Um, and someone did a, a modder um, using whatever fucking god tools they've got, modders, you know, god bless them. And when he was on a server and he returned to the lobby, they actually made the uh, the lobby screen of Daisy full of trees that started falling over on him. Um, and <laughs> oh my god, I've got it here. Oh, there man. we go. Someone's just given it to me. Oh,
2: I gotta see this.
0: Is that, has anyone got a um, shorter one than ten minutes? Was our timestamp on that? Well, oh, this this should be it. So the worst part of it is. He wasn't actually there when it happened. Just loading screen music. Sit
2: tight, I'll be right back, okay? You become a god, there you go. You transcend your being.
0: (laughs) His chat just went nuts, Lou so they made all of this happen all these christmas presents with the 1g logo on it um and it was absolute fucking gold hang about yeah how did they there we go this is where he comes back
2: Wait oh, God. <laughs> oh man that is sharp am I getting troll right now <laughs> uh. you're kidding me you're kidding. Me. I'm trying to th- like. How would you even set hold that on. up? Hold on. Hold, on. hold the phone. That's me, impressive. Um, let me, let
0: me all I down. all I will say is there there are people in this chat right now who know how it was done. That's all I will say.
2: Summit becomes a god. Man, you keep on winning. That was winning. fucking legit. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It was. Um, it it blew up after uh, it happened. It was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And it it was I kind of st- Sorry? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. no go ahead. <laughs> I insist you go. Guess first.
2: I was just going to say that's like that's the good community yes. shit where it's not like malicious at all by any means, but it definitely like it's like the rib ru- or rib rubbing with your buddies, right? Giving them a little bit of shit, but it's all in good humor.
0: Yeah. It it did cause a little bit of a kerfuffle. Because um, it exposed, um, you know, Like um, I actually uh, asked the question back when it happened. So what else could people do to the loading screen? It was basically said anything, anything could be um, added to it within the assets of the game, um, you know, and potentially could be used maliciously. But this was a, a good example of, like you said, something fun that gave a lot of people a good chuckle in the community, and and yeah, some took it brilliantly.
2: You also get the added benefit too of it, you know, exposing yes, uh, that, you know, risk, but not in a malicious way as well.
0: Yeah. No, it, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant.
2: Oh yeah, that's impressive.
0: Um, so we'll do our spotlights and then um, I'll finish um, on the sad note that we've got. Um, at this stage, we'd like to do some shout outs to just various aspects of the community and the four... Um, categories that we do are the mod mini spotlight, creator mini spotlight, artwork creator mini spotlight and the community spotlight. So the mod mini spotlight that I want to share is, I haven't seen him in chat, um, but this for me, Lou, was one of the best fucking mods for those who want a more hardcore experience of DayZ. Um, This guy, I call him a friend, uh, Dumpgra. um, he created a metallurgy and forging mod um, and an ammo making mod, so for more hardcore servers, you know, that really want to have a immersive roleplay experience, they can put these mods on there, downscale the spawn of actual ammo, and people need to mine the resources and and create the gunpowder and create ammo themselves. So it really encourages an economy to arise on the server.
2: Yeah, that would that's something I would play around with for sure. I've always thought about that as far as like, you know, in this kind of environment, realistically all these resources aren't going to replenish themselves, so how do you recycle, you know, that brass you've expended and, you know, create additional ammo, and the system seems like that just brings in a whole new kind of way of approaching, you know, not only raiding bases and stuff like that, but being able to be more self-sufficient if you don't have that group to support you on those kinds of uh endeavors
0: yeah but he he's done some amazing work um dump Gra has um i he's just un, unbelievable you know he, he's thinking again you know a bit like um uh adam did with um and Clement dab with the namol survival mod um and they added a, an aspect to day that people hadn't um thought about um he kind of went down that avenue um, i believe as well in in taking Daisy in a direction that people really hadn't thought about you know you can go more hardcore with it you can make it like a, a role play you know so this gives a reason you know someone could become a trader uh, bring me your resources and i'll turn them into um xyz products for you and you know just yeah i, I i'm disappointed that more servers um haven't arisen Using mods like this, Marks?
3: Yeah, especially hardcore server, hardcore servers, or PVE servers, even could use this mod um, very well. On a PvP server, though, it'd be very difficult. But it is a cool mod. I've had. Um, I've checked them all out before. It's uh, yeah, he does good work.
0: And there's a link to his uh, Steam Workshop as well, folks. I believe he does have a donate button in there as well. If you want to help support what he does, um, I know he uses um, funds raised to. Um, he creates a lot of the models himself, but he is an amateur modeler. You know, he'll say that himself. Um, and he gets more talented people um, to polish his uh, models when he feels that they warrant that. So, yeah. And he's just, he's a nice guy to boot. We've had him on the podcast as a guest before. So a big shout out to my boy, Uh, uh The content creator, Mini Spotlight, Foxy Fox Girl. Uh, we talked about it before. Um, she's, you know uh making waves in the community it's great to see some of the uh female creators um rising up as well isn't it marks
3: yeah it is there's a lot more popping up recently as well it's good to see
0: because they say it's a very male dominated industry lou but there's a lot of girls making headway
2: yeah it's definitely rewarding to see a lot of that kind of change starting to really uh you know rise to the surface
0: yeah she's live now and she's got quite a good style as well she's uh, definitely more about the interaction as well Um, Oh, I'll put it in the wrong chat Um, so that's her twitch channel there folks Um, next cab off the rank Um, let me just go let me go back to the agenda Artwork Creator Mini Spotlight. Now, I've been hearing a lot about this guy. Dr. Strangelove, uh, or Dr. Strange. Have you used him yourself, Marks? Um, No, I've heard of him, though. I haven't used him. So if you're looking for emotes, logos, sub-badges, overlays, um, apparently he is the man. He's like the gold standard of emotes. You can see in the background there, he's done work for The Running Man, he's done work for Armish Said that I'm recognising there um definitely uh, some big name people there using him um, and I know there's a lot of people who want to get um, you know to be able to say that they've had Dr. Strangelove make stuff for him so yeah um, definitely one to check out um, And last but not least guys um, the community I want to shout out is one very close to my heart um, for two reasons one, um, because they um, are the best um, hardcore first-person server um, in Australia and New Zealand, um, and that is Daisy Down Under. Um, secondly, um, because it's also... Um, yeah, we, we started the show a little bit uh, differently this morning. Um, I was made aware late last week um, that one of the stalwarts of the Daisy Down Under community Um, A bloke by the name of Doc Satan um, had become critically ill with complications from pneumonia. Um, And life being life, um, you know, I was a bit devastated at the time, but like most people, I hope for the best. And uh, this morning uh, when I woke up, um, I reached out to Spud. Um, I needed to get a link from him for a donate bot to give to a friend of mine. Um, for his discord and I asked for an update on how Doc was and was sadly advised that um, Doc had uh, passed away on Friday um, due to complications with pneumonia Uh, it is a fucking tragedy the guy was around 25 years old um, and just one of the nicest guys to boot Like we've all got memories of him Um, mine that I remember was um he was part of a faction on the daisy down under server called the united nations um and he he loved his job as a un soldier you know the un were kind of meant to be a neutral uh faction on the server and just went around trying to help new spawns and you know if anyone was getting out of hand they would um you know try to bring him back into line and eventually as as has happens on servers, factions start to wane and Um, The UN was down to a handful of members, and they decided they were going to call it quits. And Doc was on um, the server, and I was running the uh, Northwest Traders at the time. And uh, they reached out to me and said, Boydie, come and grab um, whatever you want from our stockpile of gear um, and take it back to the trader to use there. And I ran all the way over there. They were at the Northeast Airfield, and I was in Novo, um, and met Doc. And grab some gear and Doc was on by himself, the only UN member all dressed in his gear um, and he <clears throat> was drunk as a skunk. Absolutely shit based, you know, three sheets to the wind um, and he provided me with the funniest escort I've ever had from the Northwest Airfield. I think I was carrying a barrel because barrels were very rare on the server. So I was, you know, jogging very, or walking the entire distance and Docks just running around and you know combat rolling and and, and scoping off into the distance and and just it, it was such a good memory and just such a nice guy. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about the guy, and to find out that he got taken by you know what's essentially a bad fucking flu at the age of twenty five just it breaks my fucking heart. Um, just yeah. I, I, I know it's awkward for you guys, but uh, if I can do anything uh, with this show. It's highlight, you know, someone who, he, he was an admin on the server. He'd been around with DDU since the beginning. Spud, if you're in chat, mate, uh, Blackout, if you're in um, the Discord, you're welcome to come on and talk about him as well. Um, we'll I'll let you guys um, head off and we'll just continue to, Reminisce a bit about um, um, our boy. Just it breaks my heart. The family have asked um, to be kept updated um, on you know the the people that um, uh, their son connected with, you know their brother. Um, just it it breaks my fucking heart. Um, I've seen other communities um, you know post the losses um, and. Yeah, this one hit close to home home because I knew the guy personally. You know, I even went back into my um, Twitch chat because it had been a while since I'd spoken to him, you know, the way it is. Um, And just, I I was reading through um, all my history of just conversations with him. Um, Just, yeah breaks my fucking heart. It really breaks my heart.
2: Yeah, it's rough, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'll, um, if, if someone could post a link in the chat um, to the DDU Discord, if you knew um, Doc Satan, or even if you didn't and you just want to leave a message, it would really help his family in this time of um, need. Um uh, moonshine there already is one there's a doc tributes um, channel um let me see if i can uh, bring it up um can you guys see this um on the stream i've got a no yeah i uh, know oh, you can't but the ch- the chat can oh, all right yeah, um yeah, can, yeah, in yeah. the ddu discord there is a doc tribute page um and Um, I would love it if people were to go in there and just leave a message to help you, you know, um, family um, in this, what is a terrible fucking time. You know, death at the best of times is a tragedy, but when it happens to someone who's so young, um, it's even worse.
3: Yeah, it is.
0: we form formed some real friendships through fucking video games, don't we, Lou?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. God damn, I think majority is the only thing that's kept me sane through, like, this year, oh. last year, I should say.
0: All right, do you reckon gamers have had it easier this, uh, this past year because we're so used to just communicating with people online?
2: I mean, I definitely made, uh, found it easier for me. Um, like, it, it's definitely a drag, but it's it's not as painful as it would be, like, say, doing this and not having internet for, you know, all of 2020 would have been probably a nightmare in comparison, right? Yeah, would have been.
0: Blackout saying in chat, absolutely, we are built for COVID world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look, for me, it's even worse because I'm a, um, as bizarrely as some of you might find this, I'm a very antisocial person, IRL. Um, I don't leave the house often. Um, this is my escape. But for me, nothing really changed. Um, If anything, I was one of the few weirdos who was like, oh, wow, I can actually drive on the roads and not have other cars harassing me and go to the shops and not have other people all around me. Um, You know, these are parts of the issues why I'm on a military pension. Um, But I actually really, yeah, (laughs) and combined with the fact that I I do all my socialising online, I was, yeah,
2: Yeah, it kinda of felt like a lot of people were starting to, you know, experience more of the lifestyle of what's typical for some gamers, right?
0: Yep.
3: Yep, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, face roll fatality, um a guy who I've only just gotten to met and already count him as a close friend. Um, he's an ex Australian soldier himself, saying I went from a large group of friends in the army to nobody when I left. Gaming saved me ten out of ten. Um, it's yeah, we are kind of built for this um, social distancing world, uh, gamers. But guys, I want to thank you all so, so much. Um, I did have some giveaways um, lined up through um, Daisy and Mr. Utah. Um, but I just, in light of what um, has happened with um, uh, Doc Satan, I just, I don't think it's, it's, it's the time to be doing any giveaways um, I just wouldn't feel right. Like, I literally had tears in my eyes this morning when I found out about it. Um, and I'm, I'm not usually an emotional person. Um, but for some reason, this has really fucking hit me hard. Yeah. I'm sorry for making it awkward at the end, guys. It was such a good podcast. But couldn't uh, I, no I, I couldn't I I I not shout out this guy. Um, yeah, we we get a handful of viewers of the videos and that, um, and I like to shine the spotlight on stuff that um means a lot to me, and yeah, Doc Satan in his weird little way <laughs> meant a lot to me, and not just me, but to a whole Daisy Down Under community, so yeah. So, um, yeah, I've had, how do you end a podcast on this note? I want to thank you all, guys. It's, it's been one hell of a fucking ride. 52 episodes, one year of um, a silly little idea I had. I have a million and one ideas, and finally I found one that actually um, came to fruition. Um, and I've met a lot of amazing people along the way. I've got to meet you now, Lou. Heard your name so many fucking times, man. You know Brian and Soma name drop you like all fucking. I'm like, who is this guy?
2: Yeah, I tend to get myself in a little bit of trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, mate. It keeps life interesting. If you didn't get in trouble, it'd be a boring existence.
2: Oh, for sure.
0: But no, thank you so, so much for coming on. Marks, thank you again, mate. Um. Sure as always. Yeah. Um, I'm sad that we didn't get uh, to get Brimstone on either, and um, obviously Brian, uh, but I'm sure you guys will take him to task over that, Lou. <laughs> for sure. left you um, high and dry.
2: and He's never been a morning person, so.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's it. It's um like nearly eleven o'clock now um in New Zealand, so um it's not that bad for him. Um, I was really keen to speak to him as well because I really wanted to find out what it was uh what it's been like for him moving uh from the US to New Zealand. Much more laid back, I'm guessing. But, I would yeah. assume so. Yeah. Um, so the last thing we have to announce folks is um, who next week's guest will be. and next week we have our very first ever players episode. Uh, this was a suggestion based on feedback. You know, one of the things I'm proud of with the uh, podcast Lou is we take on board um, feedback from the viewers about how we can improve the show. You know, I'm not arrogant to think uh, my ways the only way. Um, and a great suggestion we had was, Predominantly, we've focused on people of note, you know, such as yourself, even though I guarantee probably 99% of the people in chat had no idea who you were, but you are a person of note in the Daisy community. Um, we've had streamers, we've had modders, uh, but someone said, you know, you're a, sh- you're a show for the, the, the players. Why not get players on? And I was like, well, fucking duh. That's a great fucking idea. Why didn't I think of that? So I threw it out there, and we have got two guys, Sandal and Syntax. Uh, lined up to come on the show uh, next week just to talk about Daisy from a viewer's perspective. Because like I said before, um, Lou, when you're streaming, it does affect your view on a game, doesn't it?
2: Oh, for sure.
0: So it's going to be good to hear from the view from the players.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, getting any kind of feedback on, you know, what they're looking for, you know, interaction-wise or just content-wise, you know, on many gold mine. Sometimes, yeah, definitely.
0: And Dino's, yes, I've got to take you up on that offer, mate. How to make an add-on lesson, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one in DMs, mate. But I'm really excited for it because the other good, the other thing I'm looking forward to, Marks, is the the devs have said they do watch the podcast and value the opinions we give on there, um, even when yeah. we're you know uh, not always um uh, favorable. But this will be good for them to actually hear some player feedback as well. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's a new chapter, and it's going to be done every month. Every month, the last um, podcast of the month will be a player's episode.
3: Yeah, sounds like a good thing.
0: So, Lou, once again, mate, thank you so, so much. Um, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on Um yeah, uh, definitely we need to try and arrange that holy trifecta of you, uh, Soma and Brian. I think the chemistry there will be amazing.
2: I appreciate you guys having me.
0: No, I appreciate you for coming on, mate.
2: <laughs> anytime, man, anytime.
0: I appreciate you. All the best, everyone. Um, I'm going to hang around for a bit if anyone wanted to jump into Discord um, and chat. Uh, but actually, no, actually, I don't think I will. I think it'll just turn into an emotional fest and we can do that um, off camera. Um, We've honoured the legacy of Doc Satan um, and I do encourage people, please, um, like I said, do go in there uh, to the Daisy Down Under Discord. Um, I do have a link, um, I'll post it quickly again uh, to their website um, which has got links to everything um, that you need to, to be able to get in there. Uh, to their discord and their website and anything else you might want to do all the best everyone thank you for 52 episodes Um, it's been a great journey Um, and here's to 52 more all the best everyone say bye bye guys
3: see
0: you next time and ciao for now